Two hands from the pit, two hands from down below. Spattered with blood, they dug into the hard rock. The man's head appeared next. The hands pushed, the arms strained. The head seemed to rise up like a pulpy, blood-stained moon. Like a dark-eyed, lopsided moon rising over a canyon. Mr. Hagen, no! He pulled himself up out of the hole and onto his knees. Part of the flesh of his face had been torn away, revealing curved bone under his cheeks. The rest of his flesh hung loosely about his fixed grin. His eyes never left hers. Not gonna like that. I'm not. I don't take the batteries out of that thing. Happily, happy fuck, happy Halloween. I'm already too drunk to do the podcast. Let's go. Let's go. What's what? that thing's name? Cat. Uh, it doesn't have. That's I think it's spooky? called Spooky Cat. Yeah, I think it's called Spooky Annoying Cat. Mm-hmm. Where'd you get that, and why did you get it? Target, and to I was trying to scare Oscar. We're into Halloween deck. She, mm-hmm. she wants to torture our cat mm-hmm. for some reason. I just wanted to see how he would react to it, and he you is very... Take him up by the scruff of his neck. He'll probably hate that. He's nonplussed. He oh, just... give him a bath. That'll terrify him. I think yeah. it's because it has no scent. You know, if it had a scent, yeah. it might... He only cares about things that smell like animals. Yeah. Squirt uh... him with the haunted water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> um, give him the cursed haircut. All right, here we go. For the for the listener, we have a... Um, Halloween, a decorative cat that makes noises and moves its head back and forth. It's kind of ugly. And trust me, it's horrifying. I don't like it. All right, that's the bonus content at the end of the episode. No, that's the opener. No way. Welcome to another episode of Are You There Pod. It's me, Jessica. It's me, Josh. But it's not just another episode, is it? It's not. It's a special spooky Halloween episode with a very special returning guest. Don't make her introduce herself. A werewolf. Wait, what was what was that noise? What was that monster noise we just heard? Yeah, I think it was the count uh, from uh, Sesame Street. The so- count from Sesame Street is on the pod. Can you believe it? Oh, my goodness. We got the count. He's going to count. I heard somewhere that uh, it's in like an old folklore that vampires have to count things. And that's where that comes from. So if like a vampire attacks you, you should throw... A, uh, a math problem his way? An abacus? No, throw a bag of rice. I guess they have OCD, so throw a bag of rice on the ground and you'll be able to get it's away. It's like Rain Man? Yeah, so the vampire will have to count each grain as you're running away. Well, before what, we get too involved in... What, uh, what, what ancient piece of folklore does the Cookie Monster come from? He's actually a Baba Yaga. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, Crystal Lane, who was with Yay! us. Yay. The first Coming time we did the babysitter. Austin, Texas. That's right. We are still social distancing. 
Uh, and uh, several states away, social distancing. <laughs> very safe. But it's like we're in the same room with these very professional microphones and headsets. I do not want to be in the same room with that so cat. Impressed. <laughs> we can move. Let's move the cat away for a minute. Okay. We'll bring it back at a very good time. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming back. I'm glad you decided yeah, to for come back. Returning. Yeah. You're our first returning guest. Oh, yeah. And did, oh. we, did we say why she's returned? Well, Crystal was our guest whenever we did The Babysitter by R.L. Stein. And we thought, hey, you know what? We're doing The Babysitter 2. Let's get Crystal back on. Makes and sense. And not only... And not, it, do you realize that it's been a year? Ex- pretty much exactly a year. Well, so Halloween, is there Halloween. a Babysitter 3? Because if there is, I'll see Not you only is there a Babysitter 3, but there's a Babysitter 4. <laughs> oh, well, I'll see you September 21 and 22 then. This <laughs> poor girl cannot catch a break. I'm saying, I'm Stein, Stein had to go but for the quad. Babysitter 4, she's going to be like 40 years old. I will say on the cover of the Babysitter 2, which I do have the original cover... She looks like a 28-year-old woman. Does anybody else think She looks that? like – I've got the same one. She looks like she is going to star in an erotic thriller with Michael Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, she not... was compared to Demi Moore. Was she not in an erotic oh, yeah. thriller with Michael Douglas? Ooh. What was oh, Disclosure. Disclosure. Yeah, that's what I thought. Was that I... kind of an erotic thriller? They're all erotic thrillers sort if it's of. Michael Douglas. <laughs> it's a sexual harassment. Uh, it's about how women sexually harass too. Yeah, okay. And sometimes. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> sometimes they make you have sex with them in, in the office. To, yeah, to advance your career. God, that, that movie is so bad. Like, Michael Crichton was like a right-wing crank, but he, uh, he well, wrote that ruined, one to like disprove it. You just ruined Jurassic Park for me forever, but. He was, his big thing before he died was uh, being against the idea that climate change was real. Oh, cool. Cool guy. <laughs> but dinosaurs but, were also real. Right. <laughs> but no, he was spot on with disclosure. <laughs> well, Crystal, thank you for coming back and thank you for allowing yeah, us to segue into talking about the disclosure and Michael Crichton. Um, I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, Babysitter 2. I mean... Yeah. I mean, we needed a sequel. There were a lot of things left unanswered. You know, I I needed to know what happened with Chuck, the class clown slash boyfriend who needed babysitting. I I I was happy with his arc in this book. I'll say that. (laughs) I was disturbed by his arc. But but this is a whole conversation. (laughs) I had him pegged like this guy from the beginning of the last book. You really did. Actually, I went back and I listened to the podcast and I was like, Oh, to the first uh, babysitter podcast. And I was like, wow, we really, they really pegged that guy as a total <laughs> asshole. Good call, guys. <laughs> um, but we also need to know, like, uh, did Ginny take that babysitting job she was offered at the end of book one? Spoiler alert, she does, because we have a sequel. But I guess before we get too far, does anyone have a theme beverage tonight at all? I do. It is... It's a public house beer lichen, which mm-hmm. uh, if you can look at this guy, I thought he looked like a zombie. Mm-hmm. He does. Because we we may have a zombie on our hands in what? this book. I mean, based on what Crystal read at the beginning, it sounds like there's a zombie on the loose. Are you sure that's not one of those Eddie from Iron Maiden beers? Because that's what that kind of uh, looked like. No. Also, I looked it up and this translates 
beer lichen to beer corpses. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's beer corpse. Beer corpse. It's lichen, like L E I C H E N. I was thinking you meant yeah. like L Y C A N, like beer like a, werewolf. Yeah, werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> Either is pretty scary, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Well, well nor- this guy, like, like his face is rotting. So. <laughs> well, normally we we talk a little bit about. Uh, research or any kind of interesting factoids about R.L. Stein or the book. But we have talked about We're this motherfucker. We're not talking about Stein. We're done. We're done. Does anyone have any new research into Stein? Crystal, anything? I don't have any new research into Stein. I do have a comment about all the sequels. Okay. You know, up to Babysitter 4. However, I really feel like there should have been like a spinoff book on Danny's hair. Because um, you remember mm-hmm. little Danny from the from the babysitter one golden bowl. Not even huh? <laughs> it was a golden the golden bowl. bowl. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> not even a page into this book, she's already on her obsession with Danny's hair, and it just I Is feel like still a there really should be the hair needs its own book. My very really. first bullet point. It's about chapter one, and I wrote Jenny's still obsessed with Donnie's freaking hair. Oh my gosh, was it Donnie? And I just called him Danny it's like possible five times. That it's Danny. I do not have the book wow. with me to check. It's possible that it's my handwriting. <laughs> it's possible that I mistyped and wrote Donnie instead of Danny. I'm gonna say Danny. I mean, he doesn't even need a name. He is just his hair. The golden. It is Donnie. Bowl. It is Donnie. <laughs> okay, sorry. How, how much sorry. time has You're passed good. between books? Not a lot because not yeah, not much at all. Uh-uh. Like it's, I would say. A few a week, weeks. Uh, maybe a month okay. or so, because yeah. she's already dumped Chuck and made new friends. She's already dumped Chuck. She's got new pizza oven buddies that she hangs mm, out yeah. with. And love, she, love that pizza place. She's already experiencing uh, PTSD and has a psychiatrist oh. that she goes mm-hmm. to. So um, this she is basically... She calls a shrink. Mm-hmm. This is Halloween this is the, 2018. This is the early 90s, so you have to refer to any kind of uh, therapist as a shrink. It's a head over shrinker. Over over. Head yeah. shrinker. Yeah. Jinx. But he's too tall to be a shrink, just FYI. Right. I wrote that down. <laughs> too hot to be a doctor? Too tall to be a shrink? Who is this hunk? Those are my notes. Uh... <laughs> All about, by the way, his name is Dr. Schindler. Let's not forget. Yeah. Let's not get too carried away that we forget his name. That's I'm also, not loaded. But I do question if he is a valid shrink, because there is a... There is a point where he questions her um, if Eli is evil, and I'm pretty sure um, no shrink would would ask that. That's not true. I've seen many shrinks <laughs> in movies um, declare people to be pure evil. Uh, ever heard of a Dr. Loomis? <laughs> <laughs> Halloween 1, pure evil, Michael. Oh, I have a, speaking of that, I have a fun fact. Okay. One of the uh, title, one of the original titles... They threw around for Halloween. You know what, what it was? The Babysitter Murders. Exactly. Okay. That's a good title. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Do you know what, what the other one is? Jessica can't answer. Uh, the Babysitter Murders 2? <laughs> not the near, Curse of Michael Myers? Not nearly as good, but it was the Boogeyman. Oh. oh. That makes sense, right? That's why they keep saying it in the movie. And the thing is, is that Carpenter never intended there to be a sequel. And after it made a ton of money... They went back for a sequel, and he really did not like the effect that it had been determined in the canon of the movie that Laurie Strode and Michael were related. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about, though. Let's redirect. Anyway, to... but that's I'm just saying. Just uh, a it's lot of true. babysitters should have been murdered, and the movie should have stopped right there. That's all he wanted. 
Well, that's why we have the new Halloween trilogy uh, by Danny McBride, David Gordon Green, baby. Is that a trilogy? It's going to be Halloween they, Kills was supposed to come out this year. They pushed it back. Year. It was, it was yeah, yeah, it's going like, to be a trilogy. Uh-huh. If the, if they ever get to make a movie, they made I it. I mean, maybe the, the, in like the second one. Is, the second yeah. one is ready to go. They they delayed it a full year because mm-hmm. they want you to have the theater experience. And I'm like, hey, people are still going to theaters, buddy. Might as well release it. No <laughs> they one are gives not a... going to theaters. I will tell you that. Uh, Talk people. about the Living Dead. <laughs> Sorry. Are you you mean like <laughs> too the, soon? Is the theater industry like a zombie? You mean because the... no, I. I... I mean, everyone's going to die from COVID if they go to the movies in person, oh. but maybe you should cut that out. <laughs> no, no, it's true. We we are all the walking dead, just like it, do you they think, say in the show. Do you think that R.L. Stein is working on a COVID goosebumps or a COVID? Um, uh, like, oh, man. He the, probably thinks it's too soon to put it out now, but in, he's obviously not naming it COVID. It's called, it's called the, the, cough, <laughs> the cough that killed. Yeah. Uh, uh, the dry cough that killed the world. The- well, I was thinking like a specific high school. Like, oh. what? Like, what's the name of his town in Goosebumps? In Goosebumps, but, it alternates towns. I don't think it's one town. It's not like Fear Street where they're just in one location. Oh, well, yeah. Well, the cough that haunted Fear Street. <laughs> there you it's go. Called, okay, it's called The Haunted Cold. And you know how each Goosebumps <laughs> has a little um, uh, tagline? It says, you'll catch your death. Uh, and yeah. then there's like uh. a, a picture of a girl with a hanky like coughing into it coughing up blood uh i, I yeah. think that it should be slappy turns out to be patient zero yeah <laughs> i wanted, I was gonna up, like it, incorporate this to slappy world please like it's, it's it's like outbreak where they're trying to find the monkey so they can like isolate it and like find a vaccine but it's slappy <laughs> somehow somebody got sick off of a of a wooden dummy <laughs> i mean it it'll be like those like old rumors about how uh, AIDS started. Yeah, exactly. Someone fucked Slappy. Somewhere, <laughs> oh, somewhere along the line, someone <laughs> okay, fucked this Okay, cut dummy. that out. Somehow Slappy... Don't, hey, look, we, don't cu- we don't cut this content. Somehow Slappy's a fomite, okay? <laughs> and COVID babies will get that joke. COVID babies are babies that are born in the time of Somehow COVID. Slappy is a fomite. Like, <laughs> we, need, we need a t-shirt that says that. Yeah, we need to start yeah. doing... A, what's the podcast that makes a t-shirt out of everything? Uh, how did this get made? Oh, did they? Oh. oh, yeah. We should have a t-shirt that says, Somehow Slappy is a fomite. Hey, Scott, o- Scott Ackerman, if you're listening, give us money, too. And give us Taco Bell sponsorships <laughs> like you give Paul Shear. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So, uh, basically, the first chapter is a synopsis of the first book, because Ginny is relaying her story to the new psychiatrist, and that's when we find out that she's still obsessed with Donnie's hair. Um, We learn that after Mr. Hagen's death, remember, he plummeted over the quarry, uh, Donnie and his mom move away to another town, because, I mean, wouldn't you if you found out that your husband was a guy (laughs) beating babysitters? Oh, yeah. Like, and then yeah, he I, went flat like an egg. <laughs> these aren't murders. These are just beatings, if I recall. Just beatings. They just were be- beating he, babysitters up. <laughs> but he was going to murder Ginny. Remember, Ginny yes. would have been. He was going to toss her in that yes. quarry. Yeah. She got too close to the truth by finding the truth. She, she used to have a little, but now she's. No, never mind. Yeah, cut that. Uh, yeah, I don't stop. know what you're doing. Um, she's, just Gin- will, she's just Ginny from the quarry. Ginny from the block. So, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, um, I, here's what I'll say. This this first chapter is like all the Harry Potter books, mm-hmm. where it gives you the <laughs> previously like, on Harry Potter. Harry and, and, Potter lives under the stairs. The Dursleys are not nice to him. All of that stuff. Then an owl comes with a letter. It's a new semester at Hogwarts, which is a school yeah. for wizards and witches. By the way, here's how you play Quidditch. <laughs> so, um... Ginny, though, is telling her psychiatrist, Dr. Schindler, that she's, one, been having nightmares, but then has a new problem, that she's been offered a job babysitting for the Wexners. This was one of my just very first questions in the book. Why would she babysit again? Why would her mom let her babysit again? Why would the, like, she could work in a shoe store. Well, her friends. (laughs) She could work at Blasters. Her new friends. Work at the shoe store in the mall. And they're like, hey, we could get you a summer job. And she's like, she's like, I mean, the Wexners are paying me $5 an hour, though. I looked up. I will say that's good money at that point. I looked up minimum wage in 1991. Do you know? That's when the book was published. It was 425. 425? Yeah. 425. I made a comment on this that she's making $5 an hour in 91. I made 515 an hour in 2001. What? Like. Where? That sounds right. At the convenience corner in the mm-hmm. mall. I remember the when, I, when I first got hired at Barnes and Noble, they paid six twenty five, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" That was two thousand one, yes. and I was like, "Josh, what did we make at the theater?" Five seventy five was the start. Yeah. Oh my god, six twenty five was they the cap- start at Barnes. You want to know what they capped me out as as a projectionist who was in charge of all their prints? I'm gonna say ten Seven bucks. Nine. What'd you say? I said ten. I said seven. Uh, no, I was not salaried, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> I made seven seventy five, oh and they said God. you'll never get another raise. Fuck what? Them. Wow! I was a lead at Barnes and Noble, and they kept me out at like ten fifty, and that that's like your step up to management, right? It was like yeah. lead manager. I was a lead, and I'd been a lead for a long time, and then when I hit ten fifty, ten fifty, I think they're like you'll never get another raise, and I was like yeah. you'll never get me going anything above the bare minimum, assholes. Like why would I? Why would I do anything above the bare minimum if I'm never going to get another raise? I never no went sense. back. But maybe what we're learning here is that this is why Jenny has decided to keep babysitting. Because she's also she's also making the money under the table, so there's no taxes. No taxes. Mm-hmm. You don't have to report mm-hmm. it. Um, and as we've established, she's a 28 year old woman who is going to be seduced <laughs> by Michael Douglas. Uh, I I think the other thing is at what we learn about her during the book is she wants to face her fears. Mm -hmm. So I think that she feels like she needs to do it to overcome her fear of not doing it. Right. Right. I think that's a little bit of it. Yes. Right. Is to prove that she can be normal and function again. And she needs to face her fears. Nothing scary in the, in the, in the shoe shop, except (laughs) Al Bundy. Bunions. Okay. So, um, (laughs) Jenny has been having nightmares and Dr. Schindler, offers her sleeping pills he does this multiple times throughout the novel he's like hey uh do you want me to give you the script for some sleeping pills and she's always like no thank you um as they leave this is a very important part this is something that i thought was creepy but i did not think it was maybe pertinent to the plot but it is as they leave as they're leaving the office he dr schindler puts his hand on jenny's shoulder and then quickly removes it whenever they actually get to the like whenever they're out the door. When they go out yeah. to, from the office, yeah. I think I know what he is. So basically, any character in an Arl Stein uh, book, you need to start making a suspect chart because yes. all of 
They're all suspects. Every even, character you encounter. Even 10-year-olds. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> that was a comment I made both in both books. There was a point where the little boys are suspects. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, but there are always red herrings. They're so over-the-top, potentially evil. Yeah, we're <laughs> like... I, I will say Too I obvious. totally fell for it in the beginning when Chuck came in. Uh, I think on page three, I wrote on the top like, oh, it's obviously Chuck. Oh, is like, this whenever she leaves the appointment and she's walking in a cold summer rain? It's dark. Yes. She's walking by herself and she hears footsteps behind her. And a motherfucker in a Bart her. Simpson shirt shows up. Fashion oh alert. Gosh. First fashion alert. Oh, give us that. Chuck. That. Was wearing I, a faded Bart Simpson t-shirt over jean cutoffs. What did it say on it? Did it say? It doesn't say, but it's definitely one of those Iraq war ones. Where it's like, <laughs> I hope hey, it's a big like Eat my yeah. shorts. Yeah. Uh, His, he was also wearing white Nike white Nikes that were mud stained and soaked. But I just feel like um, later she meets Cal and the first outfit she sees him in, when I compare that to what Chuck was wearing, I'm like, man, Cal is hot. We'll get back to Cal and his <laughs> yes. cool outfit. Yes. I was going to say I, I prefer uh, Chuck's just... No! Well, my just favorite... Off, just, just fits alone, I'm going Chuck. My favorite outfit total, in the book is on a 10-year-old boy. The other guy. So I don't know what that says about me as a human, but... <laughs> Eli is rocking some cool threads later. Um, I will say, so what did you say about his shoes? They were covered in like dirt, just because he's because he's hanging out in mud puddles, hiding behind uh, something so he can jump out and stalk a woman. Yeah. Yeah, because he's obviously going to be he's obviously going to be the killer in the end. So, yeah. So, of course, whenever she hears footsteps and is terrified someone's following her, it's Chuck. And he has accosted her in his Bart Simpson shirt. He just wants to talk. He wants to get back together. He cannot understand why she won't date him. And Ginny's like, look, I'm not the same person. I've gone through a lot of trauma, dude. And I just don't want to date you anymore. It's been weeks. (laughs) And he won't accept it. I get what you're doing. I get it. Yeah. Okay. There's a uh, viral video of a guy on a dirt bike (laughs) Uh. talking to a woman. And he's just like shouting at her. Uh, about like this guy that oh yeah that. you're gonna <laughs> yeah 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 you're gonna you're gonna leave him for me it's just a guy whining that's how I picture Chuck the whole time and this video ends with a guy getting angry and riding off on the dirt bike going ah! <laughs> it's that's like totally speeding Chuck, away but instead it's just Ginny getting on the bus and going back home it's a very yeah, yeah. yeah uh, different scenario so that's when we have a um. A preview or a sorry a taste of what Jenny's nightmares are like which is what crystal read from whenever she was describing the two hands that appear from the from the pit um jenny keeps having nightmares that are very vivid that involve mr hagen being alive and this is also one of the few appearances maybe the only appearance of jenny's mom is when she's consoling her daughter who wakes up screaming from a nightmare after that i think the mom is maybe only discussed briefly. I don't yes. think that we ever have another yeah. scene where she's an active person with her daughter. What My Goodreads review was one line, and it was, where is this girl's mother? But I guess since she's 28, she probably doesn't see her mom <laughs> every day. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was my review. Where is where is the mom? Where Okay, so you, do, do you remember part one, like... How much were the parents involved in this? Because 
Well, this is classic Stein. And that's why yeah. I think right. I gave this book such a high review. We've got the cool fits. We've got uh, the kids reading the cool sassy and 17 magazines. We've got uh, parents who are never present. Like, it's it's just classic point horror slash Stein, right? Where it's just too inconvenient to have to write a parent in. So they're just never around. Yeah, so he doesn't even write the parent – like in a lot of stuff that we've read, in a lot of YA, they come up with reasons the parents aren't around mm-hmm. to like make the kids figuratively orphaned, right? Mm-hmm. But here – and it's probably a Stein thing – just doesn't worry about it. You know what I mean? Like, eh, they're just not around. Like, or yeah, – Sends sends her off by herself, essentially. Like, go babysit, go to the mall. She is literally babysitting until, like, one in the morning sometimes. Like, what the hell? My mom, uh, she might have let me do that. I don't know. What is her actual age? I think she's probably 16 or 17 17. at this point. Yeah. Okay. And I I mean, so, you know, she has no parental supervision. And then any adults she is involved with, um, you know, her interactions with the – the family that she's babysitting for, like they're always, they're just like harried and not um, present in the moment. So it's, they're kind of just in the background. They're they're not real adult characters. They are terrible. Like the parents of Eli are terrible, right? The Wexners. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into that more. So she does take the babysitting job for the Wexners and they have one child, Eli, who is 10. And she is told that Eli is super smart he has an IQ of over 180. Um, first off, he's a first mechanical off, genius. Yes. First off, fuck IQ kids. Any kid that <laughs> tells you their IQ and is obsessed with it, I hate that kid. Hate also, that they're kid. lying. <laughs> they and they say they've they've got the uh, Sega too. Yeah. Same kid. Uh, I will say he does get a pretty good dig in her there, though. Yeah. When uh, he, he says, says, "What's your IQ?" He says, tell me your IQ, he said, tugging her arm. I really don't know, Ginny insisted. I don't think I've ever taken an IQ test. Why? Because you're too dumb. <laughs> he burst out laughing, a Burn. goofy, Ooh. high-pitched laugh. Roasted. Yeah. Gotcha, Ginny. So um, I don't want to miss my favorite fifth, though. So I just want to talk about her first um, interaction oh. with the Wexners. This is when we meet the mom, who sounds like a total babe. Um, the mom is... I'm listening. Renee, I think. I don't know if it's Renee or Rena. I think it's... I said Rena. Okay. In my head. Because I felt like she was... It's a very... It's a little bit different name, right? Okay, and okay. she seems a little unique. A little. She was a small, thin woman, shorter than Ginny. She had blonde hair cut boyishly short, so automatically I'm like, hot, right? Yes. Um, dramatic dark eyes with three diamond studs in her left mm. ear. And she was wearing a pale blue long sleeve T-shirt over white tennis shorts and sandals. And okay. we'll come back to the tennis shorts in a. This is bit. your favorite fit. This is no, my favorite no, Wexner no, fit. no. This okay. is not my All favorite right. fit. My favorite fit is coming up though. It's the same day. And I have they, the, I have the same thing that he's wearing. They are giving her instructions on Eli and how to interact with him, and they're like, "You've got to be firm with him, but not too firm." He's very emotional, so she is dealing with a very emotional. High IQ shithead who's built his own computer and his own telephone that he tells her later, uh, and that story his emotional is emotional intelligence IQ is a is a five. Yeah, uh, I have a thing about the telephone. I guess it's because I'm not a mechanical genius, but I was like, same. is this telephone just kind of like a glorified walkie-talkie? Like, 
not exactly sure what this what this telephone. I'm not is. either, but it makes no sense. Numbers. It makes no sense because this is a kid who has a TV in his own bedroom. He's got his own computer that he built with his own hands, but his parents won't let him have his own telephone because they don't want him to be spoiled. So he has to build his own. Like it makes no sense to me. He's got a computer and a TV in his own room in 1991, and He's he like can't a little have MacGyver. his own phone. Whatever. So here's my favorite fit, and it is. Eli's fit, and he is wearing a turtle power t-shirt over green spandex <laughs> bicycle shorts. Oh, oh, hot. Oh, man, I'm totally picturing them to be like that shimmery. Do you yep, remember yep. the shimmery? Yes, oh, they're definitely green some. shimmery. Yeah, and I liked my favorite part was that the turtle power part was in quotation <laughs> oh marks my. in the book. What oh, my the hell? That was my favorite I thing. love that the shorts I had a turtle green. power sweater. Those were awesome. Yeah. Wait, what's everybody's favorite turtle? Mine's Donatello. I'm ashamed of mine. Mine's Leonardo. We need to have who, Adam on here. Who, in retrospect, is the worst turtle? Michelangelo, because he's a party dude. Yeah. <laughs> Raphael, because he's probably emotionally manipulative to women. Uh, he's probably... Maybe... Maybe... <laughs> Raphael was more sensitive, and honestly, he was the main character in the turtle, he, turtle movie. He the was first the live he was movie. the incel. I'm gonna say him because he's the emo one. He, he wasn't the. You said he's the main character. He was a he focal had, a focal character in the first movie. If I remember he was, correctly, he was in a bathtub. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about Raphael? Yes. Yeah. yeah. In the bathtub. <laughs> Wait, I confused everyone. I thought Michelangelo was in the bathtub and Raphael was the oh one who was having they're his not gonna, night They don't put the party dude in the... They put the emo <laughs> dude in a bathtub. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. The party dude's well, got to okay, keep the party all, going. We all picked a different turtle, so good. Yeah, okay. Good good going, guys. Um, so this is uh, when she first meets Eli. Um, this is when they have the IQ discussion and he shows her the phone that he made that was a secret um, from his parents, but... He doesn't have that many friends anyway, he tells her. And then he wants to introduce Jenny to his friends, and he pulls out a shoebox. And <laughs> she sticks her hand in and begins to scream, because inside, we find out in a meeting with Dr. Schindler, were three tarantulas. Eli's a tarantula boy. What do you think about tarantula boys? They're weird, um, dude. They're the, yeah. I mean, whatever. I don't picture a uh, green, a neon green bicycle shorts boy <laughs> being a tarantula boy. I don't either. That no, seems no. a little too gothy, a little too quirky. I will say, Conflicting R personality there. R.L. Stein threw a lot into this kid going on a walk. So he made him not only the like computer genius with the high IQ, who's mm -hmm. obsessed with IQ, mm -hmm. he also made him a horror movie loving sociopath. We haven't gotten that part, but he yes. Made him, he made him a Ninja Turtle fan, mm -hmm. and he made him a tarantula kid. Yes. Like, it's very advanced for a 10-year-old. Yeah, as he will tell you. He's got it's, a lot crammed the in there. We got too much going on here. He also said his quote before he shows her the tarantulas, uh -huh. when she asks like, about friends, he says, friends are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs real friends when you got a fuzzy tarantula? That buddies? was me my entire childhood, by the way. <laughs> friends are stupid. So when the parents get Same, home. But I, mine were like, I have guinea pigs. I have Legos. That's what I said. I have 85 Batmans. <laughs> that's that's adult Blake, not child Blake. I know. I, I, I only had three or four. What's your IQ, Blake? Um, If it's not 180, you're an idiot. You need to get out of here. I, it's probably like 75. Are you Mensa? I think it's 75-ish. Yeah, are you in Mensa? 
Did you just say that, Crystal? Oh, man. Yeah. Do you remember being in college and like the type of people that would tell you that they were Mensa? <laughs> so that's what Eli is going to turn into. Oh, he's going to be a Mensa. What score do you have Walking to be? Group to group uh, at parties and saying I'm in Mensa, just waiting for women to have sex with me. <laughs> oh, they like, oh, man. Mensa. Hop right on that. Yeah. What, what score do you have to get to be in Mensa? You probably need to pay a $25 due fee. It's probably the same thing as the who's who of, <laughs> I know, I know. of high school, I right? know it's a scam. I know it's a scam. But what, what is supposedly the IQ for Mensa? Or do they have one? They, I think they do. They do. I don't think I've ever it's researched probably like it. 101. But, but you can take one of those. You can take one of those online like yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 question things that says, you're a genius. Now buy buy the certificate for twenty nine ninety nine yeah. framed and we'll send it there, to you. It says you are a genius. There's a whole episode of King of the Hill about it where yeah. Peg, okay. Peggy's. Does Bobby get one? No, Peggy's a genius. Then Luann takes it. And, I'm a genius. This is getting off in a weird. Yeah, anyway. This is not a King of the Hill cast, okay? Well, it's cough cast is coming. Okay. So, Jenny um, explains the situation to Dr. Schindler. That's when we find out that there were tarantulas in the box. And whenever she dropped the box, the tarantulas chased her, and Eli just laughed because he's a psychopath. Um, and when the parents or got because home... because he's a 10-year-old boy. Exactly, right? Right, yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> Those are the two options, though. We either have Patrick <laughs> Bateman or normal 10-year-old boy who's getting the kick out of this girl being scared. Yeah. So... Um, whenever the parents got home, Jenny explained the prank and they were only worried that maybe Eli got mad at her. That was all they cared about. So, but she, well, you've been a stupid broad. Yeah. That's basically. So Jenny insists that she needs a job because of the $5 an hour, which we just discussed. Um, and when she goes out to, uh, get her bill for the appointment, Miss Gurney, the receptionist who works for Dr. Schindler, and always chats her up and tells her how pretty she is and how cute her outfits are and that kind of thing. Um, calls Dr. Schindler, Dr. Gurney. Does that seem weird to anybody else? Seems like some weird foreshadowing that I did not get at all. <laughs> Dr. Gurney is such a wonderful man, Miss Gurney said, returning to the tape cabinet. I mean... Dr. Schindler, she corrected herself quickly. I was a patient of his, too. By the way, the tape cabinet is where he stores the tapes of all the recordings of all his patients, including Ginny. So she she talks about this, and she's like, he never pays attention to me. He just records me. Mm -hmm. And here's what I want to say to Ginny. You think he wants to double listen to your boring-ass session? You know what I mean? <laughs> he is listening. He, he doesn't want to not just have to listen once, but go back and review this. Yeah. So after her appointment with Dr. Schindler, she goes and meets her new friends, Rick and Claire, at the pizza oven. I'm glad the pizza oven came back into play. Missed the pizza yeah. oven. It's basically uh, the, the uh, third character in these books. <laughs> it's, it's Chuck, her, and the pizza. A guy, oven. a girl. Don't and... forget Danny, Donnie's hair. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they will never again forget Wait, Donnie's hair. The Danny Donnie's hair. I think the character's name is Donnie if he has bad hair. <laughs> I'm high fiving you through the through the uh, computer, Blake. So, um, the president, folks. Anyway, that's whenever you find out that Rick works at his uncle's shoe store in the mall, and he keeps offering Jenny a job there, and she just declines because that five dollars an hour is great. So um, after eating, because her friends are on lunch break and have to go back to work at the shoe store, Jenny Which goes is unbelievable. To, 
There's no way they would be on lunch at the same time. Exactly. Oh, that never happens. I mean, for anyone who's ever worked in retail, like, you read that and you're like, this story is obviously fucking fiction. In fiction and TV and movies, everyone takes the lunch at the same time. You don't, because here's why. Someone's got to cover the floor. Everything is so skeleton staffed that you cannot take your lunch at the same time. Whenever I went on lunch, it was always me and a cafe person. Ugh. Which is how I became uh, friends with some cool cafe people because it it at best how many people were working that shoe store total three three mm-hmm. you know like uh, well at least three lunch. because two were at lunch so well, no right 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 yeah. I I mean but even three at a Footlocker seems like that's that's holiday season uh. <laughs> and also to me this seems like it's not a franchise right it sounds like a local small shoe store that someone has rented yeah. in the mall right. Um, because Foot Locker would probably have more people working, but like a locally owned, Maybe. like a non-franchise I mean, in, place. In R.L. Stein books, they're all local. You know what I mean? There's no like, it's not like pennies or something like that. What was the name of the but, sock store in the first book? Oh, man. Oh, sock City. Sock, sock City. Store, shoe store. Does Stein have a uh, white shorts and feet? Thing uh, going on, he or? likes feet. If, if I know anything about Stein, he <laughs> likes the feet. Okay, here's something I was thinking today. I almost tweeted this, but I didn't. <laughs> Just thinking better. Is it too late for me to become a foot guy? Oh, because it seems like uh, Josh, it's uh, never. It too seems late. like it seems like it's all upside because you can constantly see feet. I feel like if I could just convince myself I was into feet. There's a whole downside. Th- there's its own Wikipedia for it. Like, do other parts of the yeah. body have that? Probably. I think you have enough things already. You know what I mean? Okay. Anyway, let's go on. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. anyway, after eating, her friends go back to work, and Ginny decides she's going to go to Blasters, which is the mall music store. Yeah. And as she's in there, she notices a boy who is watching her intensely. Alert. This is where we're going to talk about Cal and his kick-ass outfit. Mm. Um, Jessica. Wait. Oh, wait. Can I interrupt you? Yes. Can I read the description of his outfit? Please do so, because I was about to, but I Is this a fashion watch? It's a fashion alert. Okay, it's an alert. We could both... Wait, let's both do our version of it. No, you you go. You go. Are you sure? You're my guest. privilege. Go ahead. Okay. He had short, spiky blonde hair, so light it was almost platinum, and he was wearing black denim jeans and a red and black Aerosmith t-shirt. Oh my God! Can somebody give me a glass of water, please? Because I'm sizzle thirsty. <laughs> I, I am so unimpressed by this Aerosmith shirt. Well, we find out later but, how he. No, got no, the I know. I was very happy shirt. when we find out. But what twist. I like is how she's scared of him, and I'm like, wait, she is scared of a guy in 1991 who was wearing <laughs> a fucking Aerosmith T-shirt. Like Metallica, I mean, Metallica exists. This guy you know, sounds like, metal as hell. Like my punk note has happened. Aerosmith shirts are tough? Question mark. Uh, <laughs> okay, here's at least what I will guns say. And roses. Here's I what said I will say. tough in an Aerosmith T-shirt in 1991. That was okay. Well, let note. me correct. Let me okay. correct this. Go as as someone who was raised in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. I once got in a car with some kids, and they were listening to "Get a Firm Grip." Is that the name of the album? Get, get a, a grip. grip. Just get a grip. Get with a grip. The cow udders on the yes. cover. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they had that on cassette, and they mm-hmm. put it in, and I was like, oh, we're sinning. These are bad oh, kids. Yeah. Were you like, yeah, eat the rich. There's only one thing that they're good for. Eat the... Like, put that song in right here. <laughs> What's all it? of it. 
It's called Eat the Rich. It's like the first track on Get a Grip. I had that cassette. Aerosmith has a song called Eat the Rich? Yes. What in the fuck? Are they actually good and I never knew? No, There's only one they, thing that they're, they're good for. Eat good. the Rich. Take one bite now. Come back for more. That's Eat a- the Rich. I got to get this off my chest. Eat the Rich. When did they become Take punk? one bite now. Come back for the rest. I can't remember the lyrics, but it's something like that. They were well, anyway, they're punk. terrible. But, but- uh, yeah, they, they're not cool. But if you're someone with limited exposure to, although she's going and hanging on record stores. She should know Aerosmith is a, you know, after Janie's got a gun, they're just not tough anymore, right? Yeah. Once once Alicia Silverstone and Liv Tyler trade clothes in that changing room. <laughs> that song was called Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Well, can we, for the for the listeners who haven't read this book mm-hmm. since... You know, they were like 13. Mm -hmm. Can we read the very best conversation that happens in this book that is about the Aerosmith t-shirt? I was going to get to that, but let's find out what happens. Because he's staring at her intensely and he keeps walking towards her. Just making a beeline straight at her. Just staring intensely the whole time. And Ginny is getting frightened. Like, what is going on with this creepy guy? She's afraid of everything. So it makes sense. Like, she's she's constantly it's on true. guard against it's true. men, which is And a good everyone has to, to be a suspect. Exactly. So right. they all yeah. have to be scary. And that's when he hands her an envelope. There's my shirt. <laughs> exactly. He, this guy who's been staring at her with the, the blonde hair and the Aerosmith t-shirt, he hands her an envelope, and it's the bill from Dr. Schindler. And he's like, hey, uh, you dropped this when you were looking at the cassettes. And Jenny's like, oh, duh. Like... What what he should have said is, hey, fruitcake, here's your bill from your head shrinker. <laughs> that is called nagging, boys. That's what you do. You, you find it. You, you should be peacocking at the same time. But fella. Peacocking in your Aerosmith T-shirt. Yes. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess he already is. <laughs> Crystal, please read us what you had. Are you into Aerosmith, she asked, making a face as she stared at his red and black T-shirt. <laughs> no, I used to work in a T-shirt store, he said. This is one that nobody wanted, so I got it half price. Oh, my God. Ginny laughed. You're joking, right? He laughed, too. No, I'm serious. He looked back down the long, narrow aisle, which was still empty except for the two of them, then turned back to her. You hate heavy metal, huh? Well, I used to like Def Leppard a little. (laughs) Def Leppard. Def Leppard. Okay. At what point was Aerosmith ever heavy metal? Never. Uh, if if see, you I, were old, I thought they were heavy metal. Did you ever see, watch uh 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 what's it called? The Clive Western Civilization Two, the Metal Years. That's there the Metal that. Years. It's a great one. Yeah. No. But I but they're they're the, already like the old guys when that was they, made. They were already yeah, the old guys seriously. in the '80s, yeah. and they to me they were still like classic rock. They were never rock. metal. Never metal, but no. because. Steven Tyler would come out in those uh, those tight leather pants, and he had it was just the excess of eighties rock, like eighties mainstream kind of, rock. That's what it is. It's the it's the kind of thing that they were kind of not really a bridge, maybe between glam rock and metal. You know, you kind of something in between. Mm-hmm. But I think if you were an eighties kid watching Peter's Brothers Christian Evils of Rock videos, <laughs> they would they would say essentially that Aerosmith is an evil uh they would probably think he's androgynous you know what I mean but like wouldn't all but, rock be evil no yeah 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 yeah. but okay. they were always because they were popular yes they were used as an example of one of the many evil things what I was going to say is now if you made this book 
he would have worked at Hot Topic and been wearing a Corpse Bride shirt because no one wanted the Corpse Bride. <laughs> they only wanted Jack Skellington. And she's like, do you like Corpse Bride? And he's like, no. Or, but I got half off. Or I got- we've had this conversation before about Hot Topic and I think a previous episode, but he might be wearing like a... This would have been like in twenty uh, two thousand and eight, maybe, and he'd be wearing like a Smiths t shirt, and she'd be like, "He'd be like, I got this half off because everyone wanted the My Chemical Romance." Like it would be the same thing, right? Yeah, she. But if you wrote this now, she would be like, "Morrissey, you know he's canceled, right?" And he'd be like, <laughs> "No, I'm not really into the Smiths. <laughs> I got this for five dollars. No one else wanted it because he is canceled." I am always into talking about Hot Topic, obviously. But the one thing I almost bought, even though I never liked the band particularly, but it was on a deep clearance. It was like three ninety nine. It was a Johnny Thunder shirt. Nice though. It was. I didn't buy it. It was like XL or XX, something like crazy. Big, but it yeah. was hilarious that they used to sell Johnny Thunder shirts, oh. and now they just sell, uh, like I don't know, Trolls World Tour shirts. I don't know if they sell hot <laughs> They sell Funko Pops. Basically, Josh yeah, and I, and yeah. a uh, a visit we had a few weeks ago, decided we were going to write an oral history on Hot Topic. So listen, yeah, any cool. any listeners out there right now who want to talk to us about if you worked at Hot Topic, do you have Hot Topic memories? Do you have Hot Topic experiences that you want to share? No. Let us know. We're going to write an Did oral you ever history. hook up in the dressing room of Hot Topic? I don't know if they have a dressing room. They, they, have, they do. have one dressing room and it is tiny and horrible and claustrophobic. It's Makes the worst. Makes it easier to hook up if it's just one. It's like the whole store. The whole store itself is tiny and 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 claustrophobic and that dressing room is just the worst. But have you all been in a Hot Topic, you know, within the last five years? Yes, because Blake collects yes. toys. Um, and I'm I, literally got, thinking of going to Hot Topic tomorrow right now. I got I got a ghost shirt there. I got multiple Billie Eilish shirts there. I got to know if they have cool masks. Let's all go tomorrow yeah, and get my chemical say. romance got, masks. There is something very, there's something very comforting about Hot Topic because mm-hmm. I went in a Hot Topic, I don't know, like a year ago or mm-hmm. so, and it felt exactly like... 2004 here's what but i, was I just about felt like topic. i was going home you know i i they i get older they say the same <laughs> John, don't say it don't. i'm talking about jack skellington backpacks i'm, I'm not ta- talking about the oh i thought I'm you meant the, about the uh, clientele i will say that oh hot topic god has... i just laughed at that oh uh, i didn't to- uh no, hot Hot Topic clerks. No, they're not talking about are, that. Obviously, this was a dazed and confused, funny I know reference what it joke. Is. Josh was not talking about the clerks. He was talking about the uh, t-shirts they sell, which, by the way, they still sell social distortion. They still got they? your My Chemical Romance. Sometimes you'll see one up there. It's one, and we've talked about this before, where dads come in and they're like, Do they, I'm getting oh, okay, that social right, distortion right, right. tea. The and, rockabilly dads yeah, come in yeah. with their daughters. They're like, want, uh, you got uh, any Nick Cave shirts? Uh I don't think Hot Topic has ever sold a Nick Cave t-shirt. Oh, surely I they bet have. they did way, 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 way back. Maybe in 1992. Before Hot Topic sold out, man. <laughs> Can I be a guy yeah. who's really serious about like, man, I was in Hot Topic before it was big. Honestly, I was in Hot Topic's first store in California. There was a time before they were big. I mean, if you like got- I would sincerely get into this, but, but, uh, that I would be being serious, but I know I bought a youth of today, seven inch there. <laughs> All right, I'm getting a note. We have to move on, it says. Okay, good note. Uh, Crystal's looking like we got to move on, Crystal's guys. like, I have things well, to do. Let's get back I'm, to this motherfucking just, kid's golden haircut. I'm just still thinking about Cal. I'm th- Can I say one more one more comment about Cal? Please do, because I think Cal's hot I, and I love him. 
I just, I, well, I love him. I think he's good for Ginny. Mm-hmm. And Great. I love, Great. I love their meeting story. Mm-hmm. You know, like good meet when cute. they, mm-hmm. you know, like two years from now when they're, a, when they're a super couple and everybody's like, how did you guys meet? They have this great meeting story. So yeah, I'm I, all about it. I, do, I think in the babysitter three, I do want to see where it goes. I'm excited to see what happens. I do want to point out that when they're talking about music, she says, you know what? Blasters is okay, but hit power. They're a better music store. Yes. Here's what I'll say. Uh-huh. Hit power seems to me like Camelot music or something like that. You know what I mean? Like these are just, both just, terrible names. So okay, let's go. Let's go to Springfield history and pretend that we're in a mall and all the music stores you know are in the mall. Is Camelot. Blasters the Sound Smart to CD warehouses Hit Power? Does this make sense? No. What I just said, or no. do I have them flip flops? We're not getting into these local references. No, what I will say is Hit Powers. They have Hit in the title. They seem like a chain. Blasters. Exactly. Seems like maybe a low rent. They don't. Have, they're more of a bookmarks to your to your Barnes and Noble. <laughs> they they don't have everything plug. you're looking for, but they oh, have heart. Wow. <laughs> See, I was thinking they were more like a Sound Smart, where really they make most of their money because they're a head shop, and also they sell subway posters of Kurt Cobain um, and Trent Reznor, and that's all any girl wants, right? They've got that college poster of mm-hmm. uh, Belush. Oh, the college yeah. poster, they've got the okay computer. They've got the market cornered on poppers, so I think they're set. <laughs> I haven't been in what Sounds was, Martin. Years, what was the place in the in the Battlefield Mall? The BMG? No, was, or we, had a, BMG. we had a Camelot, uh, we had a FYE. Camelot FYE, became yeah, FYE, but before that we also had a Sam Goodies. Did we? Yes. We the briefly thing, had a Sam Goodies. The thing about Camelot and places like that were the the markup. On CDs were oh, so yeah. it was like nineteen ninety nine for just well that's why Best now Buy that sounds cheap that's why Best and Buy people were only stores. making people were only making five fifteen an hour exactly. so. I had to save up all week to buy Mighty Mighty Boss to I remember skipping lunch for a week so I could buy the Lost Highway soundtrack at Music Biz at the Northtown Mall for nineteen dollars because. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say. You kids don't know how easy you fucking have it. <laughs> you pay, you right. pay $10 Dreaming. a month for your Spotify. I was going without lunch for a week so I could listen to Smashing Pumpkin's Eye and the Lost Highway soundtrack. So, But at the same time, mm-hmm. isn't there still something that the kids of today are missing out on? Because I will never, I would never take back my... Tuesday drives to CD Warehouse. Oh, New Music Day. Yeah, Music Day. And, and the kids today, they just don't get it. If you were super excited about an album, you could go to CD Warehouse on a Friday. And yeah. the guys who they were got there, it, they'd if tell they you, liked they you, they would give you the receipt. Yep, they'd tell to you, no receipt. So you could be like, hey, guess what? I got the new fucking no Interpol. Let's go. Yeah. I think, oh, yeah, they were I think cool. vinyl collecting has replaced that sort of thing mm-hmm. for us now. There's not there's not the immediacy of it, I think. Like I I don't think where you need to get well, it yeah. like that Friday. Mm-hmm. But there is a thing where people are still interested in collecting something physical or going to a record store. Mm-hmm. But so, I think there's not the immediacy about it because you're not going to go pick up the record, get in your car, rip open right. all <laughs> yes. the rip open the vinyl. And then immediately put, put it, it on I and blast it. Remember Crystal and Which I. Which sucks because I loved that. I love that yes. too. I remember Crystal and I 
one of our big things was we had an arcade fire neon bible listening party do you not it was a big fucking deal like we we had wine we had friends lots of friends over we We had a boom box we played it so fucking loud so loud (laughs) neon bible we listened to no three times in a row I remember that. No Cars Go is still one of my favorite songs. You know how I you listen to that? You my body as a cage, though, right? You're like, eh. You know how I listen to that I got to, to my one. body as a cage. I think it's a good right. closer. Anyway, Blake, go on. No, it's a... I was just going to say the way I listened to Neon Bible when it first came out was completely and utterly alone. That's actually the best way to listen right? to That's it. That's the correct way, I think. Yeah. I don't know. When you hear No Cars Go with your friends and you have to listen to it three times in a row, that's pretty <laughs> magical in its own, right? That song was already on a previous it was, it album. It was on an EP. Not even a new. Anyway, what are, but, what is this? Discographology? But, My but, other podcast? But but you get you get excited to he- when you're listening to an album, you get excited to hear the song you already know, and you want true, to keep true, listening to that true. one. Like, it's like, hey, I uh, know this this single. Okay. I like it. Like, yeah, when hey. I was listening to the new Sufjan yesterday, I was like, yeah, let's hear <laughs> video games again. <laughs> Shit, I didn't know he had a new thing. I got to get thing. on that. Get on it, Blake. Do you guys like to think about Stein? Sorry, I'm totally cutting our conversation oh, no, off. No, no, totally no, 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 I'm yes, just like picturing absolutely. him like like spending two hours mm-hmm. and then finally going, I've got it. It's hit power. Blasters. <laughs> he has a he has a whole notebook page with all these. Blasters is that bad. Hit power Blasters is good. Hit power is very forced. Mm-hmm. I also think he came up with Aerosmith by turning on MTV and seeing the <laughs> first band he found. He's like, Oh, this is hip. But but yeah. I mean, Ginny does make a face when she looks at the Aerosmith shirt. So You know why? Well, she likes her rap cassettes. <laughs> she she likes what? she likes whatever Sassy magazine tells her is cool. Which, by the way, Sassy was pretty cool. So Sassy would know. Nirvana. Anyway. That wasn't the time yet. It was 1991. Okay. This was pre-Nirvana. At least pre-Nirvana breaking into the mainstream. So well, did this, does this book even mention Nevermind? Blake, it's not. No. 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 Well, then. It was we probably, were lucky to get a Def Leppard reference. Blake. <laughs> I like that Def Leppard reference. So, um, anyway, they have this. Uh, she meets Cal at the mall. They have a uh, good meet cute. Um, this is when she learns that he is going to be starting at the same high school she goes to because he's new in town. And he's just like, hey, uh, do you want to go on a date? I was invited to a party on Friday night. And this is a weird thing where Ginny says, oh, I have to work Friday night. And then Cal says, wait, sorry. My man. Party Saturday night. Hell yeah. I got the it wrong. Move. Slaps the head. The move, dude. When she <laughs> says no, I'm busy that night. Say, oh, no, 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 I meant this night. He's never read the rules. So now you've got no excuse. Doing. You've already <laughs> you've already blown it, lady. Yeah. Yep. So um, she goes to babysit at the Wexners, and it's that Friday night. And then they, Mr. and Mrs. Wexner have a big argument about Eli in front of Jenny. Um, mainly about his behavior and his actions. Um, and she, after they leave, she goes to check on Eli. And Eli is watching a horror slash, like a slasher movie in his room. And Jenny's like, this is maybe inappropriate for an a 10-year-old to watch. And he is laughing 
during the murder scenes. He loves it. He loves murder. And she's like, do you think this is appropriate? And he's like, I don't care what you think. I'm going to watch this movie. No one tells me what to do. Because he's 10. Yeah. Right. Also, (laughs) can I say his IQ is 180? Essentially. Like it's, it's, it's a guy with a machete. Yeah. It's in a cabin in the woods. Like teens. Yeah. yeah. So um, Jenny decides she's done with the movie. She doesn't want to watch it anymore. She goes back downstairs and she curls up with the latest issue of Sassy. 1991. Wait, you, was it Sassy? It was Sassy. Later on, it's a 17. But the first uh, issue. That's, that's where I'm getting mixed up. Yeah. Okay. The first one is a Sassy. And as she's sitting there, she's reading, you know, the Ask a Guy column. Mike D wrote this one. She's really excited about it. Um, the phone rings and she answers it. And the voice on the other end was just a whisper. And it says, hi, babes. I'm back. I don't know if we, we caught that. Hi, babes. I'm back. She said, hi, you babes. Think, I'm you back. Think that's how you think that's how it sounded? I can't. I'm a girl. Do you do it? You do it like a creeper. I, I, I can't do that. Okay, like I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Excuse me. I'm a professional. Here we go. Professional creeper. Hi, babes. I'm back. <laughs> I don't, I don't like, like that, that at all. Well, it's supposed to be scary. Do it again, but do it. When do it like, did it, it was cute. Hang on. Josh, give me your notes. Do it like John Wick. Hi, babes. I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Thank you. Perfect. You killed my Wait, dog. Wait, do it like uh, Christian uh, Bateman as... Patrick Bateman. Ba- Christian, pa- Christian pa- Bateman? Christian Bale as Batman? Is that Wait, what you want? Oh, okay. as Christian Batman? Bale as Batman. Okay. Or do you want Christian Bale as Patrick Bateman? I'm confused. Oh, I'm so confused. I'm right. Do it as I'm... Christian Bale as Batman. Okay, okay. okay. Uh... I'm not. Hi, babes. I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> now the, do it as as Phil Hartman as the uh, un- unfrozen caveman lawyer. Uh, <laughs> uh, these are getting too obscure for me. Okay. Now do it like Dennis Miller talking to. Hey, hey babe. I can't even. I'm too drunk to do like a reference. Hold on, you gotta try to do a reference. You couldn't think of the second. Just talk and be like, "Hi, babes, I'm back." Hey, babes. So uh, this phone call is more uh, scary than the Dead Sea Scrolls. Cha cha. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. That's not very good. (laughs) Not bad. So this call (laughs) triggers some trauma. Obviously, she's got trauma. She's dealing with her post uh, with some PTSD, and she wants to know. How did the caller know what Mr. Hagen used to say to her? And then she hears a sound from the kitchen, and it's the back door opening, and there's something moving in the kitchen. And she gets up. She's braver than I am. I would be out the front door, like, just running. She gets just up a and sassy she's... magazine spinning in the air. <laughs> <laughs> there's a Jessica-shaped cloud I'm... of dust. <laughs> I will say about Jenny, for someone who's so scared of everything, she's really brave. Very she's brave. fucking tough. Brave. She's a Laurie yeah. Strode type. Really is. I Yeah. And that's so, probably on purpose. Yeah. So she goes into the kitchen, and it's Mr. Wexner, of course. He forgot to get the tickets for the event that he's attending. Because, because he's such a bumbling idiot adult. And also he used to be right, yeah, arguing yeah, yeah. with his wife. You know, whatever. Um, and then Jenny's like, hey, um, your son is watching this like horror movie that seems really gory and inappropriate for his age. And he goes, um, 
we really don't have much control over what he watches. <laughs> Maybe he'll get the blood and gore out of his system that way. Basically, mm. we are afraid of our child, and we do not. He might stab us if we stop him, so we're going to let him stab you instead. This is basically the mom blogger who wrote, like, my child might commit the next Columbine. Like, that's this level of Did fear. Did a mom blogger write that? Yes, look what? it up. What the fuck? I'm sorry, not Columbine. Um, The next Sandy Hook. It, either way, like, oh. what's that all about? Why mm. did they think that? Just give me the cliff's notes of it. I'm not going to fucking talk about Jesus, it. But it's basically a, a mother who is so terrified of what her child could turn into. <laughs> what a super mommy. I mean, she's doing a great job. I mean, aren't Maybe we you all? should stop mommy blogging at the point where you're exactly. like, you're going to blog through it. I'm, I'm exactly. going to post through it. Anyway, I, I don't know if maybe she was a mommy point. blogger. Maybe she was just a normal woman who who wrote a blog. She's that just was a like, Facebooker who's like, hey, my, my kid's going to do a shoot I really up. can't she's remember. Writing a, we need to talk about Kevin, but she's like, don't tell Kevin <laughs> that I wrote this or he may come after me. Yeah. So, Ugh. um... So Jenny just decides like that the the phone call is just a joke that someone is playing on her, but she can't decide who it might be. And then she goes to check on Eli, and he is no longer watching the movie because For the funniest reason ever. Funniest reason. He doesn't like the end when the bad guy is killed. Now Jason never dies, so this is not accurate. Yeah. Well, they all end with him ostensibly dying. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But he should know better. He doesn't want to see come up any comeuppance coming to the bad guys. Yeah. He oh, just yeah. wants more blood, more fresh blood of virgins. Yeah, more hot girls getting chainsawed. So, anyway, she notices that Eli is reading a Stephen King book, and she's like, "That that's inappropriate as well." And then she realizes it must be rough being such a smart kid. You know, like you're just in this weird phase this weird zone where you don't relate to the adults and you don't relate to the children and you just get into gore and stephen king can i I give a a tip to mr stein never reference a better writer in your story (laughs) because then people will just be like i wish i was reading that better writer damn i could be reading i could be reading it right now (laughs) josh just made a uh, josh just made a crying emoji in the skype I was trying to pass that along. Just I was crying for uh, RL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You feel and this bad is like for 20 him. years before, as we've discussed this before, but he later meets Stephen King, but it's like 20 years after this. And he goes, hey, I'm you for kids. So. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that, did that actually happen? Yeah. I read one of those like big head. You, have you ever seen those like books for kids? It's like, who is this person? I read uh-huh. who is RL Stein. And it's oh, in that. Wow. Yeah. Do you think every time he was writing a book, he was the entire time he's writing it, he was just thinking, man, I wish I was reading Salem's Law right now. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) He's he's probably more like, I'm glad I'm not reading Salem's Law. Too spooky. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. There's a chance also he was like reading Salem's Law and be like. How do I rip this off and make it for kids? <laughs> the uh, oh, vampire lovely. that comes after you <laughs> while you're riding your bike. The- he should he should honestly write rewrite every uh, Stephen King book, but add Junior. So like it Junior, <laughs> the Shining Junior. I mean, I'd, I'd read them. Why the Stand not? Junior. So he's gonna have to he's gonna have to grapple with the ending of it if he writes it Junior. <laughs> We're not gonna talk about well, the it, ending of it. It is already Junior at that point. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the Wexners finally come back home, 
And um, Mr. Wexner's like, hey, can I drive you home? And Jenny says, mm, no, I'll just walk. I don't live that far from you. Hello. No one's taught this girl anything. It's it's after midnight. It's late. It's dark. What is going on? As Wait, a 28-year-old but- woman, she should know better. <laughs> like, I don't. I can't. Where is this woman's mother? <laughs> I mean, she's off right. being a legal assistant and doing legal assistant shit. I don't remember what her mom did. I think it was that. Maybe. Here's what I will. Here's what I will say. I understand her not wanting to get a ride with this guy because what happened with the last dad? Why the is the mother dad? not true. offering? Why is the mother not offering? Like as that a woman, true. I would be like, I'll give you a ride home. Maybe but, she's had too many glasses of wine. That's yeah. true. Blake is always my DD. Like, I'm always like, Blake doesn't drink that much, so I can get away with drinking three glasses of, of wine. And <laughs> Blake will take R- me home. So R- maybe, L- who does, maybe she was, too. He should have put that in the book. Like, RL seems straight edge, and I don't think he understands how alcohol works. No. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think that just to throw away a line, I would have explained that. But you're right. In in all of these, like, babysitting books, not it's just always the series, the dad. but it, the it's always the father who wants mm-hmm. to, or that is like tasked with taking the babysitter home. And honestly, I will say as a young girl, I would have been like, I don't want to be alone in the car with this man. Even and if it, they it, weren't it, creepy, yeah. it's still a weird situation that you don't want to be in. And uh, if yeah. you've seen enough, I agree. if you've seen enough like nineties, like indie dramas about suburban on we, uh, you will understand that babysitters should not be alone with middle-aged men going through crises. Are you talking about, your- about American Beauty starring about- Kevin Spacey? Not specifically. Cause mm-hmm. she doesn't be like, I just mean movies like that. Yes. There's a ton of those kind of things. Yeah. And maybe, maybe the mom should just drive the the young women home exactly i mean maybe eli should just drive her home he is a mechanical genius i'm he sure he could a little learn car how to operate a car <laughs> yeah i made a car <laughs> yeah i've got a, I've no got a car me. i built it's my I closet my parents don't know about it <laughs> fine okay so um jenny walks home alone and she hears a voice and also someone jumps out at her at the same time and they say jenny I've been waiting for you. Blake, do you want to do anything creepy to that? Uh, He's never said no to this before. I don't have a good read on this. Okay, well then. Jenny, I've been waiting for you. So guess who it is? It is Chuck. And he is still demanding answers. Why did we break up? You were the best thing that ever happened to me. And you owe me, woman. Yeah. And Jenny's like, wait, did you call the Wexners tonight? And he says he called her house, not the Wexners. And she tells him that she just wants to go home. And that's when he grabs her and throws her down. And she hits her head on the curb. Boof. And he tells her that she'll be sorry. And he gets in his car and he speeds away. And that's when she thinks to herself that he hates me so much. I hurt him so much. I hurt him. He hates me. Of course. She's putting too much of this on herself. Exactly. This is what happens to women, though. Am I right, Crystal? Oh, yeah. I had. I could write a whole dissertation just on these pages like of course jenny taking the blame for chuck's toxic masculinity Mm. like there's a part where she um says something like she says uh he asked for an explanation and she says i went through a nightmare i was being stalked by a crazy man and it's like well now she's being stalked by a crazy man again he's (laughs) popping up he's throwing her against the curb He's demanding she he talks keeps, to him. Like, her head he keeps hit grabbing the curb. her. He keeps grabbing her. 
in- hey, it's all in good fun, folks. This is probably the scariest part of the book. I would. I say. will agree. Actually, is the because it's uh, real. Yes. Is the real, Too real. Uh, relationship abuse she experiences or post relationship or stalking the- and uh, harassing? Like, you guys were yelling at me like in the last episode for spy teching, but I will say <laughs> that I stalking. never once oh, accosted no. a man on a street and then hit his head against the pavement. Never once. Did you ever catcall him? Never once. And it- I mean, it's just so, di- like, it's so disturbing when you think about the age group that these books were intended for and that happens. And then, you know, she's just like, Oh, I feel so bad for what I've done to Chuck. And there's no repercussions for Chuck and his bad behavior. I mean, I, in that way, I think it's realistic writing of someone who has been gaslit. I mean, I don't think that's what Stein is trying to do. Gaslighted. I think Stein is just a bad writer. (laughs) I mean, but but I do think, I, I do think she's been, one, she has PTSD. To now she has this it is again and we we've encountered this i guess not really trope but maybe trope like of the nice guy turned psycho in these young adult books who i mean it's the incel thing where i'm i, I was nice to you he was, I was nice, nice to you you, you owe me a relationship and pizza place and shit hey incel's not pc we say proud boy <laughs> so anyway topical after he tells her that she'll be sorry for her behavior, he gets in his car and speeds away. And that's when she has the, he hates me, hates me so much. And then she goes back home. She can't sleep. She's tossing and turning. And then her phone rings and she hears a voice saying, Jenny, it's me. And of course, Jenny, who do you think is calling her? It me. I mean, it's obviously Mr. Hagen. Right. Uh, also, the from the day. By the way, do you know what time it is right now? It is 2.30 a.m. 2.30 a.m. and she gets a phone call. 20 o'clock. <laughs> and so this is, uh, you again, uh, Crystal, <laughs> say your mind. <laughs> Come on. It's you say up your She's going to get a call at her home phone at 2.30 in the morning and answers it. And uh, guess who it is? Where is your mother? It's Where is your mother? Well, she must have her own private line. That's oh, the yeah. only thing I can think of. If her mom did not awaken Shh. at this time period. But here's my thing. She's is got like, a skeleton phone. My thing is they're supposed to be poor. You would not have a separate line. I, if I don't poor. think they has a separate line. I think her mother is not there. Absentee. I think her mother might like take some mother's little helpers and go to <laughs> sleep into a deep, comfy sleep at Are night. Are those Valium? It's yes. It's definitely something like that. Okay. I don't think it's. It would basically be any kind of downer that would make you. I th- there's a specific thing. Never mind. Doesn't matter. We'll say it's Valium. Fine. She she is hearing the phone ring probably fifty times, and mom's not answering, and so she goes and gets it because they also can't afford a, a two phones. <laughs> two phones, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she answers it. The phone says, "Hey, it's Jenny. It's me. It's Eli. He's calling her from the phone he made." How does Which he is have a glorified walkie-talkie? Yes, <laughs> pretty sure. It's, How does he it's have actually a just it's a can. It's it's yeah, a tin can on a string <laughs> that he he has a really long string and he. Sneaked over to her house and yeah. put it in her window and so, went ring, 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 ring. After they have a brief conversation, it's the next night. Guess what the next night is? It's her first date with Cal. Party oh. night. That's what I wrote. Saturday night party night. Saturday night. Yeah. yeah. I thought they were for the boys, but. Uh, well, Blake, maybe this one is for the boys. Mm, so you know I mean. she meets up with Cal. 
Let's talk about Cal's outfit. Cal is wearing straight leg jeans. She wrote fashion alert in her notes. All, all my, caps. all of Are my. Are there stars around the words fashion alert? All of my fits say. It's capitalized. All of my fits say fashion alert. By okay. the way, and they're all highlighted in blue. Continue. So they are. They are highlight. Yes, the highlight. Continue. <laughs> so Cal is wearing straight leg jeans and an oversized Hawaiian shirt, and Jenny herself is he's wearing. A, and this he's out- a boogaloo boy. Jenny's outfit herself makes. <laughs> God damn. Josh, did you get that reference? Yep. Yeah. So he's, just no reaction. Love it. So Jenny herself is wearing a. This is the weirdest outfit I think in the book. She's wearing a green T-shirt. Over an orange sleeveless t-shirt, over Whoa. white tennis shorts. Can someone tennis shorts n- explain I, to me this outfit? I read this paragraph over like three times, I did too, and I Crystal. was like, I cannot envision what this outfit. Like, <laughs> what are these shirts? Okay, okay. I don't understand. We are friends with a great Instagram account called the the Haunted Outfit, and Ooh. I want. This account, this person who runs the account, to maybe draw us a visual demonstration please. of what this outfit looks like. Haunted outfit, t-shirt. if you're listening, please do Over this. an orange sleeveless t-shirt, over a white tennis shorts. Crystal, is that really what it says? Because yes. I want to make sure I did not type that incorrectly in my notes, because it makes no sense Can I me. ask a fashion yes. question? Yes. Tell, could you tell me what tennis shorts are? Okay, well, this wait, is when we're going to get to that. You okay. know what tennis shorts are? Oh, wait, are there tennis shorts and tennis skirts, two separate things going on here? They would be yes. two separate things, but Crystal, go. But yes, it says, so Cal was wearing black straight leg jeans and an oversized short-sleeved Hawaiian shirt. Jenny wore a green t-shirt over an orange sleeveless t-shirt over white tennis shorts. What is that but- outfit? It was hard to tell what anyone else at the party was wearing. It was too dark. I wrote that it was hard for sentence. anyone to tell what Jenny was wearing because what are these clothes? Um, she got dressed in the dark. That's all I can think. I need I'm to see this. I'm also surprised by Cal's Hawaiian t-shirt, Hawaiian shirt. He went from Aerosmith to Hawaiian pretty quickly. What is this party? It is apparently a makeout party. Is what I wrote. <laughs> yeah. Um, Because they talk about how everyone is paired up and they're making out in the dark. They're making out in the living room around them. They're making out in various bedrooms. I picture it as the flop house on that episode (laughs) of My So-Called Life Uh. when when, uh, Jordan Catalano is trying to get um, Angela to have sex with him. And he takes her to this flop house where everyone is just in various Like a shooting gallery? No, it's a flop house. I thought that was one and the same. I don't know what a shooting gallery is. Is that a boy thing? The place well, where you shoot up heroin. Yeah, Jess. Oh, oh, okay, sorry. Which yes, I thought sure. was okay, There might so be some a... mattresses around and you just like Yeah, exactly. It is like, honestly like, just breaking like bad. it's just an empty house that's either newly constructed in the suburbs that no one has bought yet or a house that is up for the market that is completely empty and kids have taken it over because they found like a window they can get in and it has turned into the part the place where everyone goes just so they can have sex and smoke pot. This so this this place seems more to me like a suburban home where the parents are gone and everyone's making out. I the mean, basement obviously that's what out. it is, but it just reminded yeah. me of the episode of My So Called Life, which is actually okay. a really good episode because Claire Danes is like, "I'm not having sex with you here. Good for you. Good for you." I have a question for the um for the whole gang since mm-hmm. this is a trope. Mm-hmm. Has anyone here ever been to a makeout party? Are they real? 
No. I they are know. real. No. I've never been. Have you, Josh? You haven't. Yes. You but have? I did not make I did not make out. <laughs> what the fuck did you do? Just, he just watched. went up awkwardly to the kitchen. He's and, just there to watch. <laughs> you were that guy. I stood in the corner, Blake. So I people just... were just making out? Like, okay, uh, name thing wrong. Like, in the basement, people were all making out. So it was like couples paired off in the basement, okay, okay. and there were people... So it was just a normal party, but I can't there believe were, it's real. There were still people who were. Upstairs. It's one of those things where I like walked downstairs and there were like six couples making out, and I was like, "Well, this is not for me." And I like <laughs> rolled out. I rolled the fuck out and just went back upstairs. Well, okay. Anyway, they end up leaving the party, and as they're driving away, Cal's mood changes as he drives, and he seems very angry, like his jaws clenching, and he just doesn't seem like himself. And, and she's he, like, God damn it, one of these fuckers again. God, what did I do? And then that's when he says that he's embarrassed because he just wanted to show Jenny a good time. He didn't know these guys. They just invited him to a party. He didn't know it'd be a makeup party where you couldn't see anyone's fits. Like, Do you actually believe this, though? Do you believe it? Like, Eventually, I do. I kind of do at a point because... What do you say? I just wanted to impress you. Yeah. I mean, eventually I, I do because... That I got invited to parties on both Friday and Saturday night. That's yeah, the thing. It's like yeah, at first, you did. Like, let's not let's not pretend like he didn't. At first, he's a suspect, though, right? That's what you're thinking because it seems he's fishy. a suspect the whole, like, pretty much the whole time. It's, exactly, but it seems fishy that he changed the date of when the party was, and then whenever his attitude changes as they're driving to their next destination, which I think is, hey, let's is it let's go roller skating? Let's go skating. Yeah. Yeah. And so as they do the party, that's when Jenny tells him, hey, um, uh, pull over, pull over, pull over. She doesn't pull over. And that's when she kisses him. And this is, they just kiss each other. She jumps him. She really does. They kiss each other She's so. She's so needy. Yeah. They're She's both, a 90s woman, knows what she wants. Look. Yep. That might be what they both have in common is that they're both so needy. And maybe <laughs> that's why she's so attracted to him, even though she doesn't know a thing about him. They're just both so needy or maybe it's just pheromones or maybe it's uh was ck1 introduced yet because that was a hot cologne for her and for him Mm. ck1 my favorite by the way i bought a bottle of it uh, like a year or so ago and i love it i still love the way ck1 smells it reminds me of like eighth grade and was it a vintage bottle or do they still make that they i think they did it for just like a summer or something okay But it's still Keep that for the next 20 years. Ugh, it's the best. So Jenny suggests that they just go skating. And at the and also, by the way, he's like, oh, I don't I don't skate. But he is so oh, good at skating. Who's like doing back? Who's like Nancy fucking <laughs> arrogant on roller skates out there? Like just like going backwards and like probably won the limbo contest. <laughs> Definitely won the limbo. He can do anything. He can look cool in Aerosmith shirts. He can wear a Hawaiian shirt on a first date and still like get a makeout session from it. Like I just think this man can do no wrong. Yeah, really. yeah. No he's wrong. an alpha for sure. So um, after they go skating at the end of the day, he takes her home and he walks her to her door and he kisses her by the door. And that's when they hear a rustling in the hedges because someone is there. And is it Chuck? Is it Mr. Hagen? <laughs> Who knows? Doesn't yeah. he chase after whoever's there is there? Am yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So Cal goes running like a fucking alpha hero. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm going to beat this guy's ass. <laughs> like, but that's he, and, then, what he's... 
And then he's like, it was probably just a burglar. And it's like, probably being a burglar is scary. That's not great. Yeah. Not, not. <laughs> I would not rather be my psycho ex-boyfriend than a burglar. Well, maybe yeah, not. Yeah, it's probably just someone who's going to come in with a gun and take everything. It's probably just a home invasion. No big deal. So. <laughs> you ever seen Funny Games? It's probably just a funny game situation. Oh, it's just a funny game. It's just a Michael Pitt from Funny Games uh, being all cute in your house. So Janie goes back inside. She's chilling out. She's reading 17 in bed. It's her favorite issue. A lot of magazine shout-outs. It's the grunge issue. I don't know. I'm just making that up. The grunge <laughs> issue. And then she gets a call at 1.17 a.m. It's another creepy call, but you know you what? Up. It's not Eli this time. Crystal? It's me, babes. It, it's Eli. <laughs> she grabbed up the receiver before it could ring a second time. Listen, Eli, I told you not to call this late. It isn't Eli, said a hoarse, whispered voice. Jenny's breath caught in her throat. I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I can't do a good whisper, y'all. I can't either. Blake, do it. You said it wrong. It's, I'm back. (laughs) Um, So... After the phone call, Jenny has another bad dream where she is at the local mall for some reason waiting for Cal to get off work. I believe he works at a muffin shop. I didn't write down where he worked. Did anyone? Is he working at you muffin? Ice cream shop. Does ice he work cream. at Muffin Madness with the girl from <laughs> the mall? Ice cream shop. He works at top of the muffin. I couldn't uh, remember the name of it. This scene, this this dream is where Stein has his most like literature like line in the entire book where I was like, oh damn. What is he it? He wrote so it says, why had she agreed to meet him so late at night? Why had she agreed on this strange, unearthly meeting place? This empty, cratered planet of a parking lot. <laughs> that is actually All beautiful. Right, oh, damn. <laughs> right? Like Oh, this guy can write. I'm going to take this motherfucker's master class after all. <laughs> no, that's actually really what good. What if this one was ghost written by a good writer or something? It <laughs> might have been ghost written. Probably his wife. Because <laughs> women can write too. This was probably actually just taken from a uh, a teen he murders journals. Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't say that. That's horrible. You heard me, RL. Hey. I'm calling you out. This is parody. You're a murderer. This is parody, parody. So in her dream, she is waiting for Cal to get off work from the ice cream shop. And for some reason, instead of meeting at the place he works, they are meeting at a remote location in the parking lot. The the location Crystal describes so beautifully. And Jenny hears a scraping. Why don't we meet under... Why don't we meet under the lamp that doesn't work or it's really dark? <laughs> by the uh, broken by the payphone. <laughs> where, where there's all the broken glass. <laughs> and um, so she like hears scraping and sees movement and hears groaning. And she heads toward this like donation bin, like a clothing donation bin. And she sees a hand sticking out of it. And it's Mr. Hagen's hand. And that's when she wakes up. But he's dead. Sorry. So at her next appointment with Dr. Schindler, sorry, I have to laugh. So Every time I read his name in the book, I laughed. Is that wrong? Is that horrible no. of me? No, okay. it's fine. This was before uh, Here's a quack. I, I will say that, I don't know if we talked about this, this this much, the the book has two different, like, uh, 
framing device. Not really framing device. Like, she will go to... The structure is, it'll either be her having a dream or her recounting something to Dr. Schindler. Mm -hmm. Like, it's live action. The dreams are written a different way in Mm -hmm. a style where you're like, okay, it's a dream because it's just kind of this fragmented thing where it's thoughts. And But then it will go to cliffhanger and then she just explained what happened to dr schindler yeah which actually i didn't mind and i'll talk about that later i thought it was actually a a very uh good way to do it instead of having to like gauge people's reactions and write about that she can just recount it to her psychiatrist so it's a lot right faster Um, it's a little bit different than how he normally writes and his just definitely this is as experimental as he gets i think it's his best work but we'll talk about this at the end Okay. I think this is his masterpiece. Um, <laughs> Spoiler. That was your Goodreads review. Tipping. I, it really is. Uh, so at her appointment with Dr. Schindler, she recounts his dream that she had. And he suggests that maybe Ginny, you remember, she has a really overactive imagination. And maybe she's imagining these phone calls and all these weird coincidences. And he suggests, hey, I can give you some sedatives, and she finally accepts. By the way, does that have nothing to do with the rest of the book? Because you never hear about her taking them. I don't know why this was like such a big deal. Crystal. Well, what I commented here was, why wouldn't he tell her that she should let her mother answer the phone? Once again, we come back to where's no mo- girl's maybe, mother? <laughs> maybe the mother is a figment of her imagination. Could be. Maybe. Maybe the thing is, she literally is twenty-eight, and <laughs> she's imagining all of this. That's not to give you guys a spoiler, but I want to say that babysitter four might not be Ginny, and it. <gasps> we'll get into. I don't want to get into it in this episode, but. It might be her perpetrating the axe. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, That's a spoiler. Maybe that is definitely a spoiler. Okay, like we have to out. delete. We cut have to out. erase this cut whole thing now. Also, I'm men in black in you right now, okay. and I've got this thing in front of your face, and just look into it. <laughs> Flash of light. I didn't hear you because it it came out too loud in my ears. So then I am I glad. So after he offers her the sedatives and writes her a prescription and. She takes it. Um, she goes to catch the bus and she's digging in her bag for the bus fare and she feels something that's like prickly and squishy and gross. And then she pulls it out and she looks at it and it's a dead tarantula. Who would have left a dead tarantula in her purse other than the person who has tarantulas for oh. friends? If this was if this was the Carmen San Diego uh, old computer game, I would just go or clue. Mm-hmm. I would go ahead and say I know the murderer. I know who it is. It was uh, Eli with the tarantula in the purse. Yes, exactly. on the bus. So she goes back home and she tries to call the Wexners to tell them about Eli's prank, but there's no answer. And then she realizes, oh my god, I'm so late to meet my friends to play tennis. And then she runs out the door. But guess who's at her house? Hottie McCall. Cal. Cal. Fashion alert. Swoon. And I'm going to guess I'll sweat her house somewhere in the house under the floorboards, Chuck. Oh my we God. don't know, but I'm just going to guess maybe in the attic, maybe. maybe maybe in the vents. He might still be in the hedges because yeah. 
no one rustled him out successfully the last time, so it seems like a safe place. He might have carved out a place in her mattress just so he can sleep (laughs) underneath her. I don't know. I don't know. So Cal is there wearing his denim work shirt and faded jean cutoffs. Super hot. Like someone out of a Springsteen song. I don't know. (laughs) Seriously. But so hot. So um, they go to play tennis with uh, Claire and Rick. And Rick and Cal are really fighting it out on the tennis court. Um, Cal, even though he claimed he's never really played tennis, is really good at it. Just like whenever he said he'd never really roller skated, but then was, as Josh pointed out, did you say the Nancy Kerrigan of roller skating? He's the yeah, yeah. Harding. Wait. Very suspicious. He's, yeah. He is the John McEnroe of tennis. I don't know what I'm saying. No, no, no. The other guy is. Rick is. No, because... Cal is. Because Cal is unbelievably good at tennis even though he claimed he'd never played it well no but rick who can be oh no he does compare maybe it is mackinaw is famous for losing his temper and rick is the one who's losing his temper yes okay you're right you're right if we're comparing tempers then yes but he also starts by like both mackinaw they are both mackinaw yeah Yeah. they're mackinaw against a mackinaw cannot stand (laughs) and they do not uh he also starts when he's like acting like a bozo where he's like, how do I hold it like this? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. maybe holding it upside down and like <laughs> pretending to hit with like the, 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 the actual the... handle. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the, the racket part. So anyway, after the guys fight it out in the tennis courts, the next and day, who wins? I believe it's uh, Cal and no one really wins. Right. Well, I mean, I think they just fight and everyone leaves. I don't he really. Ch- he, he chucks his uh, racket. McEnroe at the, style. At the yeah. net, yeah. Uh-huh. Did you have to use the word Chuck right there? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. The Freudians. They you need to they you need to unite to just beat the beat the shit out of Chuck is what they should do. <laughs> so um It's very clear what's happening here. Yeah. So the boys are fighting over Jenny, guys. Can I just say that? Like, if I need to point it out to you, these boys are both horny for Jenny, the twenty eight year old, sixteen year old. Who looks like Demi Moore. Um, the the other thing is, uh, poor Claire. Because... Claire is me in every situation in my life. Because I, I honestly, when it started, I thought they were a couple. Yeah, I, I, did, too. I did too. Yeah, I did too. I did too. But if we go back, <laughs> the, the way that she describes Claire first... Oh, I didn't think about go- is, going back. How did she describe her? She, it's in chapter four. She says she's not pretty... But she would be one day. Uh, that uh, was a. You know I wrote groan next to that. <laughs> that that's very uh, uh, R. That's RL writing. I should have recorded that. that very just like I don't know. I should have recorded yeah. that because thing that we're told as fourteen-year-old girls. No, that's You'll true. Be pretty someday. I remember my sister's friend Nick one day telling me like, Ugh. "Don't worry about it." You're going to be pretty one day. Look, Which meant like, girl, you are fucking ugly now, but I'm going to say something really nice to you so you will feel better about no, yourself. What he, and what about he meant the was, girl, the day you turn 18, I could feel <laughs> okay about this. That's not what happened. If you had seen me in my Osmond second generation t shirt, giving a thumbs down to this blank. So, uh, and there is not a thumbs down react that I can do. So I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Well, all right. The only thumb I have available. I wish I could record this to show everyone. Actually, we can, but I'm just too lazy to to lean forward and do it. We're going to put videos on our Patreon. (laughs) So, so, but anyway, the other thing she says about Claire is that she doesn't get jokes. That she's kind of so. Claire is not only 
apparently homely, but homely. also yeah, that's the nice has way to say. no fucking sense of humor. Like, RL, fuck you. Like, you can't give yeah, her well. at least something? Like, Well, his idea of someone that's funny is Chuck, who is not only never funny. Bananas. <laughs> Bananas. <laughs> what? What's so? I listened to the uh, first episode today oh. where Crystal would just lean in and go, I don't bananas. Even, well, I don't remember. Was that his joke? Was that his catchphrase? I, I actually think that that's was, how Blake reacted the first time. It was. It was not a catchphrase, but it Blake was. Blake was not into my well, bananas no, thing. But I, I was bananas about it. So <laughs> your own. It's hard for me to follow along when I don't read these things. So that's true. I, mm-hmm. I mean, hard, you know it's that it's work. only. You know, you could read this in like two hours. So Unless what are you doing with your life? Me and you're taking like a thousand hours to write f- well, notes. Yeah. Ugh. I spent a lot of time on I'm that. I'm a slow reader. Anyway. I wrote notes. Blake would wow. have that uh, Batman Forever uh, book down in, in a half a day. Well, it is, does involve Batman, so... That's oh yeah, all I you have to say I there. devour that bad boy. So um, after the tennis match, the next morning, Jenny has to go to work. And remember that day, even though she went and played tennis like a champ, she had found the dead tarantula in her purse. So apparently, not that traumatized by the dead tarantula in her purse. But she goes and she confronts the Wexners about that tarantula, and then the whole family confronts Eli. And he shows them his tarantulas, and they're all accounted for. And then Eli starts throwing a big tantrum. He's howling. He's screaming. He's on the floor crying, whatever. And the Wexners just leave, and they're like, "Uh, be extra nice to Eli because you're a horrible person who accused him of this prank, even though you had no proof, and you left him in this state. But they're going to a sex party, so they're not going to stay home. They're going to a key party. They totally are. Definitely. Yeah. They're definitely swingers. I mean, why else would they be out so late all the time? Like, what parents did this? Why else would she have that cool short hair? Oh, my God. She's a hot mom. Totally hot. <laughs> she's yeah. a hot wife. Um, so after they leave, um, Jenny goes back downstairs because Eli's just throwing fits and will not talk to her. And she hears a loud crashing. And she runs to his room. And his room looks like it's been completely ransacked. And Eli is on his back, and he's glassy-eyed, and behind him is a pool of blood under his head. Mm. Of course, that's a prank. It's just plastic blood. Oh. He picks it up and throws plastic. it at her, probably. I don't know a what he pla- does. So, have you ever seen, like, plastic, vo- like, that fake vomit? Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm guessing it oh, looks like, right? Like, he just throws yes, it at her. Yes, this is not something that I think that you would, but also, he, he has smashed glass for this yeah. prank. Yeah. But he tells her that he decided to play a real prank on her because she falsely accused him of the tarantula prank. So later on that night, she's still babysitting and Chuck calls her while she's babysitting. And Ginny yells at Chuck, tells him to never call her again and hangs up. But a little bit later. But he's, the whole time it's like, I need to talk to you. Yeah. I need to talk to you. Chuck what, what do you have to say, motherfucker? Like, that's what I wrote in my notes. It's like, you did talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. He's Mark Wahlberg in Fear. I don't know. I haven't seen Fear in a long time. The only thing. No, I... yes. Chuck is not as hot, but he is absolutely doing this over and over. The only thing I remember from Fear is uh, Reese Witherspoon being, God, this is going to get sexually explicit. Are you going to say fingered on the Ferris wheel? Fingered on the Ferris wheel or roller coaster. I don't remember what it was. It might be a roller coaster, yeah. Crystal, do you remember anything else yeah. about Fear? Other? Oh, wait. He no, also had the. Scene. He carves. carved in his chest, like. Uh, his name in e- Eva Forever. Wait, what was her name? 
Wait, do you remember this part though? When he keeps hitting himself because oh, he's yeah. going to, um, I he's going to accuse the father of beating him yes. to get the family's. Uh, that that's such a funny scene. It's, it's a, just it's a weird movie. No, I what I remember oh. from Fear is who is it that does the cover of Wild Horses? Is that is it Mazzy Star? No, I think it, 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 it. It's a band that sounds like Mazzy Star. I'm trying to remember. It might be the same. It's the Sundays. Yes. Okay. okay. The Sundays doing Wild Horses is song four. Ooh. Not if bad. you hear it, you have to stop whatever you're doing. Not bad. Blake, put that in right here. Um. Okay. I feel right. like he will not drop in anything. Uh, he won't because uh, he doesn't I, care about this no, podcast no, like I, he does other podcasts. Now I have to because I got, I got yelled at. Somebody won't. Okay, so so Eli, there's, he, he there's, is freaking the fuck out before this, though. Yes. Like, he's acting like a little brat. He's an ass. So there's a knock at the door later because Jenny's just like, I'm not talking to you. You're being a, a shit. And so there's a knock at the door later. And guess who's there? It's Rick and Claire because they thought Jenny might want company. And Eli hears them knock and hears these teenagers downstairs. And he comes downstairs and he's like, uh, why are they here? Why are there other teenagers here? I want them gone. I want them to leave. And Claire is trying to be cool and be nice. And she's like, hey, I've got candy, little boy. Um, why don't you show me your room? And it's like Claire is being... Okay, I'm trying to think of... I can't say her name. Who was Jeffrey Epstein's uh, lady? Ghislaine Maxwell. Okay. She is being Ghislaine Maxwell right now. And she is, she is taking this child and saying, Hey, I want to distract you so I can leave this predator alone with this, with this other woman. Is that what you think she's doing? Yes. Because, Because what happens is she's like, "Hey, show me your bedroom." And so, um, and I, I, I don't, I don't think that she thinks that it's being creepy. I think she's just leaving these two people alone. And so I, I, I thought she was okay. Here's my read on it. Okay, I think she's trying to calm this kid down who is freaking out. And she's like, "Hey, but hey, little buddy, show me around to the house." I don't think she's like, "Let's leave my other friend. Let's let him like bone or whatever." You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that that's what she wants. No, I think it is what she. Let him get his bone. I don't think but it's I necessarily think she, what she wants, but I think she is. She's winging. She's being a wingman. She's winging. Wing woman. I think. I think the reason that we're having such a debate over this is because it is a very poor um, plot device to get to for Stein to get to uh, Ginny Eli and Rick evil. alone, right? No, to Eli being evil. Oh, I was thinking of just leaving Ginny and Rick alone. Oh. But it's, it, it's it does both. both of those things. You're yeah. right. It does okay. both of those things. It does. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely. You're right. Yeah. Crystal's right. Like I just think it's a bad plot device. Like Stein needs, was like, "How do I make this happen?" Here we go. So what yeah. happens in this? Situation? I need to put one of them at the top of the stairs, and I need to put the other one being really uh, handsy on the couch. So no one else, maybe who is listening to this, knows what happened. But what happens is Claire is trying to reassure this child who is not comfortable with these strangers in his home. And she's like, hey, just show me your room. Show me around. And she goes upstairs, but she leaves Ginny and and Rick alone. And Rick is trying to force himself on Ginny, right? Like he gets up on her while they're sitting on the couch and Ginny refuses. And Claire at the time is upstairs with Eli and he's showing her his bedroom and that's when Ginny hears like a fight happening. So there's like two things happening. One, Ginny is being 
kind of attacked. And two, uh, Claire might be being attacked by an evil child. So we've got two different things going on. Men being bad exactly. in both situations. In both situations. So Ginny hears the fighting upstairs and Eli screaming and Eli is screaming something like, no, you can't. I said no, which I have no idea what's happening in that situation. And Ginny runs to the staircase, but it sounds like someone is falling as she's trying to get there. And when she gets there, Eli is standing at the top of the stairs, grinning, his eyes twinking merrily under the yellow hall light. He's basically Damien and the Omen. And yeah. Claire is in a heap at the bottom of the stairs. So... This is when that device. So he's evil. Yes. So that's when this device comes into play that Josh was talking about, where Ginny relates what happens next to Dr. Schindler. And she is talking to him and tells him that Eli claimed that Claire slipped and fell, but Claire says that she was pushed. Anyway. And then Dr. Schindler says, Well, dot, 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 do you think Eli is evil? (laughs) What does Ginny say? Ginny thought hard about it. Maybe, dot, 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 she said. Cut out my snort. I think this book is fun, but we'll get back to it. This let, me, let me say one thing I have in my notes to answer yes. uh, about where the mom is the whole time, which I forgot this earlier. Uh-huh. Chuck constantly says your mom still likes me yeah he does that's where he gets the number no no that's that's true that's how she knows where she is yeah or that's where chuck knows where she is all the time is the mom keeps telling her and when she uh rick and claire show up they're like or she says how do you know how do you know where to find me and they say your mom told us the mom is constantly giving people the whereabouts of her this mom sucks. The mom is basically like Google Maps or something. Like, here's my daughter. My daughter's location is this spot. Um, she dropped her pen. Just go there and the find mom is her. Alexa. The mom is Siri. You know what I mean? Like the mom is that, the worst. There, there is not an actual human mom. It's just a. Uh... So, um, the next day or later on that day, whatever, Janie has to go babysit. She's babysitting like three or four days a week for this kid. So it's not just like once a week or whatever. By the way, what parents have this kind of money? That they're just like, by the way, Ginny lives Ginny lives in a low-class neighborhood. Am I right? Because she's supposed to be poor. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing she yeah. lives in a lower middle-class or middle-class neighborhood. And the Wexners are supposed to be not that far from her. But apparently they have all this money to just throw at her <laughs> to babysit all the time. Anyway, whatever. So Sex parties. Yeah. I mean, whatever. <laughs> do what you got to do. So, um, that's how they know, uh, uh, her mom, <laughs> she, she, sex parties. So at the next session where she's babysitting for Eli, um, he actually runs down to greet her and he hugs her and he demands that she kiss him, which is weird. So she like leans over and gives him a kiss on the cheek and everyone's kind of surprised that Eli has so suddenly warmed to Jenny. And so while Eli is upstairs playing or doing whatever, Ginny settles down to read. And then she's sitting there and she's like, it's too quiet. And then the phone rings. And that's when she hears Blake. Hey, babes. <laughs> I'm just doing Beetle. That's just Beetlejuice. <laughs> anyway, so Ginny slams down the phone and then goes to check on Eli. And she hears like a voice from his room, but it doesn't sound like Eli. 
it sounds like the person who was on the phone to her is in Eli's room. Basically, the calls are coming from inside the inside house. the house. <laughs> Twist. So she barges in his room, and Eli is on his homemade foam. And Jimmy's like, "Who? Who are you talking to, Eli?" And he's like, "And Eli look? says, hey, do you know who the Jerky Boys are? <laughs> doing some Jerky Boys stuff." Actually, hey, he says, Jimmy, tell pranks. me about your other babysitting job. He does, which is the weird thing I wrote down. He's like, I'm just calling friends from school. Also, uh, tell me about your other babysitting job. So I don't know what's going on there. Is there some kind of like weird notebook that kids are passing around about their babysitters? Because this is pre like internet forums. I, like what is I, going on? No, I well, I think he has a crush, obviously, on her and... He is jealous of potential other kids she's babysitting. Oh, you think? Okay. He's jealous like because thing. she's probably talked to him about the golden bowl of hair before. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> she, he's like, who's this motherfucker? I'm going to unleash my trampled <laughs> on this kid. Donnie, I'm going to destroy where's him. Donnie live? Tell me more. Give me his address. <laughs> I've got a real pool of blood for him. So, um. <laughs> he drives away on his moped screaming. Anyway, I guess I it's... built this moped myself. <laughs> I guess it's later on that day. The book's not really clear, but Ginny goes to him to the mall to meet Cal after work, and just like in her dream, she... it's that night. It's when she gets off babysitting. Exactly. That night. So okay. Yeah. So she just like in her dream, she arranged to meet him in some remote corner of the mall parking lot, and she's standing there, and she's like, "I have this weird feeling of deja vu. It's just like my dream." And then she hears footsteps, and she starts to run, and. The whole time she's like, this is a nightmare. I'll wake up. This is a nightmare. I'll wake up. And then she turns around and it's Dr. Schindler. <laughs> and he's like, uh, I have such a hard time in, in malls. I can't find my car. I don't remember where I parked, which, by the because way. bumbling adult. Bumbling oh, adult. But also, I want to <laughs> say I relate to him in a way because I remember one day I had to go to, like, Old Navy to buy, like, replacement khakis for, like, Barnes & Noble. <laughs> and, like, it was, like, Christmas season, right? So, like, it's packed. And this was, like, 2011 or whatever. And I'm walking around trying to find my car. And, like, this, like, my, fr- like, this, these people I know from downtown, like, see me. And they're, like, talking to me. And I'm, like, guys, can I just say I can't find my car? And I felt so stupid. <sighs> Anyway, I relate to Dr. Schindler on that level. Well, but you weren't like following a teen girl it's into true. the dark. It's true. I was, oh, I was this not... is an A8. Oh, I'm in A7. <laughs> it was Sorry literally. That I am now standing in bushes with you. It was literally me walking around the mall parking lot, like, where the fuck did I park? So, um, anyway, uh, as Dr. Dr. Schindler is telling her, like, oh, I can't find my car, Cal approaches. And basically scares Dr. Schindler off. And so they continue their date and they go to Wendy's, which is everyone's favorite date spot. Oh, yeah. And that's when Ginny. Frosties. <laughs> that's when Ginny decides to come clean and tells Cal the whole story about, you know, Mr. Hagen and about all the things that are happening to her now. And then as she's talking, she just solves the mystery. And she's like, you know what? I know what's going on. I know who is calling me. I know who is stalking me, and it is Dr. Schindler. Yeah, it, it's funny that she's like, oh, I got it, and but doesn't tell him right away. It's just like, nope. I figured it out. She's like, Listen, don't worry, I'll keep you in suspense. Like, I'm going to keep the audience in suspense for Listen, a while. I ran into him at the mall, and also in our appointments, he always wants to know where I'm at, 
what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, what's going on. And so she decides right there and then with Cal to set a trap for Dr. Schindler to prove that it's him that is stalking her. And she asks Cal for help. So And and Cal pushes back and is like, what is his motive? This guy has no motive. No motive. <laughs> None. Like, why yeah. would he want to do it anyway? So at her next appointment. She's with- like, everyone's obsessed with me. <laughs> Everyone I've ever encountered in my life has become obsessed with me. I mean, she's the not wrong. children. No, exactly. The children, uh, psychotic boys, every boy. They're playing tennis for me. They're hiding in bushes for me. Everyone except my mom can't stop thinking about me. <laughs> so um, at her next appointment with Dr. Schindler, she keeps saying, and she, they, I think she says this a couple times, that she's going crazy. And that's when Dr. Schindler says, wait, this is not an ableist office. We do yeah. not use the term crazy. <laughs> Doesn't happen in this really? office. So R.L. Stein ahead of his time a little right he, he that that happened earlier too right at the beginning maybe but i think he interrupts her a couple times here because she says it a couple times and he's very adamant that like we don't use that language here. um i think technically nurse ratchet said that so <laughs> not all, it's uh, it's a pretty old idea by this point and also nurse ratchet we're gonna get not later Let's Look, talk about Ratchet. Let's just now. have a Ratchet podcast and we'll talk about that. Ratchet cast. But I have to keep watching it to have a Ratchet podcast. I can't get past the first episode, but whatever. I don't want to offend you. I'm three who deep, like it. so I guess I'm going to keep watching okay. it. Okay. So I feel like the trap. Sorry, I'm like going back to the book. Okay. But no, <laughs> I feel please. like the trap. I feel like the trap she sets for Dr. Schindler is lit- like, it just makes me think literally of like when someone's trying to like trap a feral cat or something. Like, it's like a cage with like a stick. some like, yeah, like <laughs> a can of tuna under on a stick. Yeah. 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 It's Looney Tune. She is doing yeah. Looney Tune yes. to him. And uh, this is not a trap. <laughs> well, you know, just be like, I'm going to go to the old quarry. So what she tells him is in that session, because she knows he's recording her. She pretty much is convinced that he is the person stalking her and playing these games with her. Um, she tells but she's him, also convinced she, he's not listening right now. He doesn't listen to me, but he, he'll record this. Yeah. So she says, you know what? I'm going to confront my fears, Dr. Schindler. I'm going to stop my nightmares. I'm going to go back to the quarry and I'm going to go back there tonight. So at 8:42 p. <laughs> this is Central Standard Time, Doctor. So, um, Cal picks Ginny up and he's driving her to the quarry. And Cal's like, "Hey, Ginny, what do you think is actually going to happen tonight?" And Ginny's like, "Oh, uh, I didn't think that far. Uh, okay. So, at the quarry, she and Cal get out and they're walking around." And they're kind of talking, and then they both see headlights that are coming in their direction. And Jenny's like, quick, hide behind this pile of gravel to Cal. So Cal goes and hides, and this person starts approaching Jenny. And then you just hear Jenny saying, you, what are you doing here? Who is it? Guys, who were your, because I okay. nailed it. I nailed it in my head, and I got it right. Can I you say? nailed it beforehand? I did. I did. Well, I mean, it was Miss Gurney. But can Who do you I think it was Chuck? I no, I thought it was uh, the uh, not the tennis guy, but the other the other girl, Claire. You thought it was Claire? Claire. Okay. Yeah, Chris- because I I thought well, I'm not wrong completely, 
is that I, I think a lot of the time Arl Stein writes jealous women who are jealous of other women. I mean, you're not wrong. We read Halloween night one and two, and those are basically jealous women who were jealous of yeah. another woman. Yeah. I mean, the last one of these was a jealous dad who just liked to beat up babysitters. For some reason, I don't remember. Well, but, his <laughs> a, a neglectful babysitter allowed oh, his child yeah. to die. He was doing a Friday the 13th. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. But so that was my guess was, okay, was Claire. Claire. Crystal? I mean, I think at this point, I can't remember what I thought my guess was at this point. I mean, I thought it was checked for a long time, but I'm just going to like say my truth here in this space. This is a safe space. I was so fucking excited by the fact that I never once thought it might be Miss Gurney. And the fact that Stein actually surprised me. I mean, I am a full-grown adult woman, older than even 28-year-old Ginny, older than Mr. Wexner. Mm. You don't know and that. I was you don't surprised. know that you're older than Mr. Wexner. Yeah, Mr. Wexner was Mr. Wexner's 35. Okay, I didn't read that, but yeah, I guess we're older and than Mr. Stein <laughs> surprised me with Miss Gurney, and maybe it's just that I didn't read between the lines close enough because I was trying to find her mother in the whole book. <laughs> I will say that R.L. Stein was older than you, though, when he wrote this, so he still has a couple of years on you to like throw you off. So are you saying that you and I could still be point horror kings and queens? Like, we could still start publishing point horror books and just churning them out, like, five a month. And we could still just, this could be our life. We could be those I, people. I think if so. point horror still existed. The, 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 the point horror haunting of Hot Topic, yes, of course. Okay, okay. Sounds good. Oh, okay. I have oh, one more hypothesis. Yes. Which I now think is insane. Okay. Do your hypothesis. <laughs> but for a brief moment, I thought this might be like... Spoilers for the David Fincher movie, The Game. <laughs> okay. Where is this going? The whole thing that this is might a... have been the psychiatrist had been doing mm. all of this, calling her to oh. force her to overcome her fears. And so okay. he had done it all along, but he was... Doing was... it in the interest of her um, yes, health. Because yes, because he, he knew she needed to overcome her PTSD. At the end, she jumps off a building. Yeah, yeah, she she jumps into the he pushes her into the quarry. Yes, but yes, 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 you're not there. far off from what happens oh in God. the book. <laughs> Crystal, I remember now. What I, I remember by this time, I had convinced myself that well, obviously, none of these people are the suspect, and I was like, oh, it's Mr. Hagen's wife. She oh, came back. Yeah, someone uh, you I, yeah. yeah completely out of left field. Someone who has not been discussed at all. Someone who was yes. dismissed in the first chapter along with her golden bowl yes. child. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's so. that, honestly, that's kind of more of a. Uh, that makes too much sense, Crystal. Like, that is, makes is, too is, much is, sense. Like, here's what I'll say. When we read The Babysitter 3, I'm going to nail who it is. Okay. Because I'm just going to look for the person who has the smallest part and is yes. not really a suspect, but you can, but he gives a little bit of a hint. Okay. That's the RL way. So I want to do our last fashion alert. And our last fashion alert is Miss Gurney, who is the perpetrator of all these acts. And she is wearing baggy black slacks and a black blouse, which is long sleeved despite the heat. So all black, basically. And Vampire. she says to Ginny that you can't have Dr. Schindler. 
that she has so many boyfriends, lots of boyfriends. She can't have Schindler. And she says, guess what? I'm your nightmare now. And that's when she runs at Ginny and tells Ginny that she will die, just like Mr. Hagen. And that's when Ginny calls for Cal and calls for his help. Cal lunges. He's hiding behind a, 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 a big pile, pile of, of rocks. Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> that's when Cal lunges for Miss Gurney, but Miss Gurney pulls a Ginny from Babysitter 1 and ducks, and Cal just goes right over the edge. Uh, I wrote, not Cal, exclamation, exclamation. Then I said, but why did they have to be so close to the edge? Like, why were they having this conversation? Why did they hide so close to the edge? I don't know. I don't know. Hide anywhere else. Ginny is just like beyond herself and cannot believe what is happening. And she looks back to the quarry and that's when she sees a hand coming up over the edge. And she is totally... Just committed to her mind that it's Mr. Haken and he has been just waiting for her and he is coming up with his dead rotting corpse to get her. And that's when she sees Cal coming up and she realizes that the quarry is now filled with water. But she was screaming, Crystal, she was screaming so loud that she didn't hear the splash whenever he (laughs) flew over the edge and landed. She just did not hear that splash. Because she loves him. She loves him so much. And that's when uh, Miss Gurney comes out of nowhere, grabs Ginny around the waist, and jumps into the water, dragging Ginny down and keeping Ginny down, no matter what Ginny tries to do. And Ginny is just convinced that she's drowning and she is going to die. She thinks the quote here is, her rage is making her strong. (laughs) I wrote old spinster rage next to that. (laughs) You know, or else it's I'm a like, it is a thing. Put in old spinster, old spinster <laughs> rage. Yes, that's good. That's my next band. So, uh, Jenny though keeps seeing flashing red and then black and flashing red and then black, and she realizes it's police cars. And oh, she's still alive. Um, Cal helps her out of the water, and Doctor Schindler is there. Like, what is going around? All these cops are there. Doctor Schindler is there. And Dr. Schindler was like, oh, listen, I knew it was Miss Gurney all along. I knew it when I noticed that the tapes were missing. And that's when he tells Ginny that, you know what, Miss Gurney had violent, jealous episodes. And that's what I treated her for. But I hired her. But as a mental health professional, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and give her a job and give her access to all of my patients and their tapes. Exactly. And you know what, she was doing well. And I thought, you know... She's doing fine, but when I noticed that your tapes were gone, I knew she was the one who was torturing you this whole time and that she would come back here tonight after listening to the tape I just recorded today. And you know what? I'm just glad you're okay, Jenny. I'm just glad that you're all right after all of this. After I used you as bait. (laughs) Basically? (laughs) Like, what the fuck? So anyway, Cal gets Jenny away from all the flashing police lights and Dr. Schindler and everyone dragging, you know, Miss Gurney out of the water. And he's like, hey, uh, can we go on that date now? And he's like, yeah, what do you want to do? Let's go see a movie. And he's like, yeah, uh, let's go see uh, Return of the Living Dead. Dun, 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 dun. And that's Cal, when... you know, Jenny likes a joker. She does. She does. She will never leave a Joker she just won't. for uh, being a uh, obnoxious asshole. And that's when she says, "Cal, 
You have a sick sense of humor. The I mean, end. He at least has a dark sense of humor rather than you can be my babysitter like Chuck. <laughs> then pervy humor? The- yeah. I would rather the guy who's like, let's go see Return of the Living Dead rather than the guy who's like, you can babysit me. Why is Return I'm of a the baby. Living- Change my diaper. Why is Return of the Living Dead still in the theater? It's probably at some cool theater that Cal knows about because he's a cool dude who wears Aerosmith t-shirts and Hawaiian print shirts. Listen. It's at the sixplex, Jess. He okay. knows where makeout parties are, Blake. This guy mm-hmm. is cool. He is cool. Definitely cool. So uh, there there is one line from the last chapter that we didn't say. Sorry. When when uh the when she thinks it's gonna be Dr. Schindler mm-hmm. and uh he's like, well, what am I supposed to do about it? And she says, He's a shrink, he won't fight. You look tough. <laughs> <laughs> So Which is true. He yeah. would have beat the fuck out of uh, Dr. Schindler if it came down to it. Maybe. I don't know what He's he was wearing at the time. I'm, I'm picturing an Aerosmith shirt with cut-off sleeves. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, you've upped it. Okay. I don't picture actual muscles on, on the arms, but I... No. But still. Yeah. His rage will make him strong. <laughs> so that's that's it. That's Babysitter Part 2. Josh, how many hooves do you give this book? Well, okay, one thing I want to ask about... No, I, well, don't tell me the answer. Okay. But in Babysitter Part 3, she is going to be so screwed up because now she's going to have PTSD from babysitting and from therapy. Mm-hmm. So therapy can't help her anymore Mm-mm. because she won't trust it. Mm-mm. Anyway, I give it two and a half. <laughs> okay. Because okay. it read fast. I liked it more than the first one. Okay. But it is not good. <laughs> Crystal? You know, I think originally I thought three, but I'm going to give it four. Oh, wow. Because Cal and surprising me with the with Miss Gurney, mm-hmm. like oh, yeah, yeah. reflecting on that. I'm like, Stein, you've done hand it again. God, hand to God, RL. You got me. You yeah. did it again. Stein. You know what? I've given that horse all its hooves. Let me tell you, this is a four hoof book. Because yeah. like, these these ladies like <laughs> Cal too much. They are a little, yeah. Let me tell you why, though. I think it has all the things that Stein does best. And I think I said this at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, I'll reiterate I'm going to say one thing here. he does best that is not here. No dummy. Okay, no dummy. <laughs> That's why it's not a full, a full five hoof book. No okay. slappy. No you're not going to get the full five. But uh, with the horn, you know. Okay, so... um. <sighs> It has the absentee parents. It has great fashion. It has oh, yeah. great musical references. It has um It has musical twist references. Ending. I'll say that. It has <laughs> I mean I, I think it just has all the Stein hallmarks. I can't list them all because I can't remember what I've already listed. Um but I think it has all the great Stein trademarks that we know and love. I think this is his masterpiece i think is his best written book that we've read so far on the podcast also i just i don't disagree with that and i'm giving it 2.5 <laughs> i'm saying it's the best one we have discussed you don't know it's his masterpiece we haven't even read all of the slappy worlds those cannot be masterpieces like there's just no way and i'm saying that prejudging totally we have not read slappy's first direction yet <sighs> i don't think that's a book he calls it a woody 
that. She doesn't have the energy to tell you to cut that. Yeah. I won't I won't <laughs> cut it. But I think it's got all the all the things we love most about Stein, you know. So and some of the things uh, we hate his... about him. It's all here. It's, it's all, all here. there. It's all there. It's great. It's perfect. I love this. This is Stein. It is Stein. You could have given this to me without an author on it, and I would have said, this is RL. <laughs> I mean, the best writers have that trademark. You know what I mean? They yeah. got that stamp. Yeah. <laughs> the so. best ones. <laughs> and he has one line of pure literature in this book. That's true. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. I mean, Brett Easton Ellis only wishes he could write so poetically. I don't know why. I pulled B E E out. Not a good pull. Pretty late. Let me try someone else. Hold on. Juno Diaz. Thomas Pynchon. Wait. I like Thomas Pynchon. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Blake went with Juno Diaz because I just finished rereading. An author you'd like. um, Oscar Wilde today. If if this if this was Pynchon, the the characters would be named like Corvette chandelier <laughs> and that would be that would be the boyfriend's that would be cal's name i dig it so yeah into it um okay so wrapping this up is there anything you guys want to promote or talk about or any final thoughts on this book i am gonna promote my cat getting his balls cut off in two weeks which i'm very excited about pretty exciting pretty exciting yeah, finally getting that feral cat fixed yeah, he's finally letting me come near enough to him to put him in a crate and chop him off. Crystal? I'm going to chop off mine in solidarity. Might as well. I would like to promote exercising your fucking right to vote. For Donald John Trump. <laughs> no, no. Four Why you have to ruin it? Crystal, that was going to be my recommendation as well. I just want to say... If you are not registered to vote, go out and register. If you live in a state that normally goes red, do not think that your vote doesn't matter. Um, It won't if you don't fucking go vote. And I don't want to be one of those people who always says that. But fuck, just go get registered. Go vote. Um, It's not that hard. (laughs) Is that a clap? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's a reluctant clap. Look. Oh, it's so. That's a weird emoji. I know. I don't understand it. Guys, I recommend democracy. And I recommend voting, even though our um, our vote for a president is not a direct democracy. Just fucking get out and fucking vote. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what state you're, if your state is purple, red, blue, just fucking get out and vote. Um, we're voting against fascism and against a woman who was just elected to the Supreme Court today who was literally in a religious well, don't, group. Don't, don't, Literally in a up. religious group where they call themselves handmaids. Like, No. No. Wait, what? You... Okay, I, what what I will say is at least Crystal's vote potentially could could uh True. matter. <laughs> They're closer than us at this Don't point. Say That's crazy. That your yeah. vote everyone who is listening to this podcast right now, your vote fucking matters. If you are in Texas, early voting is October 13th through October 30th. Get out and vote. Yeah, and you should in vote Missouri, in person. Y'all they know will, what's they'll, they'll going on there. <laughs> mailing votes. Also, vote out Mike Parson. He has diarrhea. Mike Parson. He has COVID. Ter- He's an idiot. Parson's terrible. Vote him, vote him out. Vote for Galloway. Here's the thing with Missouri. Can I say this? I just want to say a weird thing about Missouri because I don't think Missouri is a lost cause. Based we upon, used to be a swing state. In recent elections, we have secured and expanded Medicaid. If Issue voting, we always vote. We always vote. Progressive. 
We always yeah, vote yeah. to the left on the issue voting. I, I do want to, I want to promote one more thing. October, I don't have the exact date, but there's going to be a Trump caravan going down oh, oh, Campbell. Oh, yeah. And I want to promote going Mad Max and putting tire blowing out things across yes. Campbell and blow their tires out. I Wait, will I have not heard about this Trump caravan. Can you explain this to me? Because I'm, I'm only on Trump It's trucks. just going to be a bunch of assholes clogging traffic on a Saturday mm-hmm. morning driving down with Trump flags they do on their truck. Okay. Do you know what happened um, outside of Austin when there was like a Trump caravan of boats? Uh, uh, Crystal, tell us more about those boats. The boats fucking sunk. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Was that in Texas? Yeah, it was Lake Travis. Am I right? It was on Lake Travis, which is outside of Austin. And what happened was all these Trump supporters got together right there on the lake all together and then they all tried to take off together at the same time and they uh they created a huge sunk wake each exactly. other yeah they it, all sunk the, each the other. big boats made waves that sunk the smaller boats and yes. it was yeah. hilarious because they were like antifa this is this is this antifa Look, blew no up bitch boat. this it, is science no it's antifa waves whatever <laughs> a classic Antifa move. George Soros has funded the waves. He has made a wave pool in Texas. I mean, George Soros is the head of Antifa. So, yeah, it makes you know, sense. I would just, you know, none of them were mechanical geniuses. So <laughs> they needed Eli there as their man. <laughs> Do you think if I made a tweet that was like, hey, uh, guys, my Soros check bounced. Is this happening with anyone else? Do you Don't think, do that. Because do people will like, believe you, it's real. Don't do that tweet? so close. Did you see the thing yesterday that was a boomer on Facebook and someone had like screen capped it and made it uh, and said, this is what these people think. And it was someone saying uh, it was a fake check for $5,000, like for one protest from George (laughs) Soros. And and they were like, this is what's going on. This is who is funding them. And it was getting shared by all these psychos on Facebook. Uh Uh-huh. But yeah, they. Do you I mean, they know are. They, these people are. What I recommend. Th- there's boomers. They're I recommend dead. tarring and feathering uh, right. Tucker Carlson. Re- <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the the point is, you, we have to defeat them just for no other reason. For no other reason than not having to think about or hear the dumbest man in America's <laughs> thoughts every day, and it's all having to coalesce and discuss look, what fucking look. Donald Trump thinks. I don't care if you like Biden. I just don't want to have to fucking wake up and think about what Donald fucking Trump thinks. I just want him to go away. If you're doing the the caltrips or whatever on the road, I, I'm going to be on a on a big pole on the back of my truck. Yeah, it'll be Pistol. some total road warrior shit. Uh, okay, what are we doing next month, Jessica? I did not bring the book. Why does it matter? We're all going to be dead. Look. We won't be dead yet. We won't be dead yet. Okay. How many days do we have? Right. Look, we've got like a month until we're dead, baby. Hey, they won't uh, have the they won't have the oh, countdown until twenty twenty one. Can I shout out something? Okay. Yeah. Shout out voting and what's your other shout out? Um, can I shout out that everyone should um join my boo and I in spirit as we um say i do under the full moon on halloween Ooh. it's the end of the world as we know it baby but so, <laughs> you're feeling fine another another late october wedding anniversary Woo! represent yes are you going to lose your virginity oh my gosh <laughs> it was it, it was a magical night my I gotta bloody tell you. halloween <laughs> Ooh. 
is there in in any in I doubt this is in any R.L. Stein book has there been any discussion of sex or virginity no. or R. even if he wrote like an adult one, right? I never Did read he? his adult stuff. Ew. So okay. I couldn't tell. I you. don't want to see him write. What if sex? they just get really fucking pervy? Ew. I should read one to tell you if they get really fucking pervy. We should have okay. like a special reading. Okay. Um, Josh, what is our next book? I didn't bring it, so I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> Josh, oh my God. Okay. It's called it's, like Sam Spade Child Baby. Okay, it's not Sam Spade. It is Sam Samantha Slade. It's the series. Exactly. It's Samantha Slade number one. And she's the book a baby. It's called Samantha Slade oh. Monster Sitter. Monsters. More goddamn babysitters. Lots of babysitters. She's younger though, right? A little bit younger, I would say. Probably in eighth, ninth grade. She's more of a babysitter's club kind of babysitter. A little bit around that age, yeah. More middle school, early. But high what school. is she babysitting here? Just like children? Normal, normal I mean, psychopaths? Like a regular babysitter? Or golden haired golden haired babies? Are they children or are they psychos? monsters i don't know blake is distracting me right now i'm sorry are they children or are they monsters that's what i ask every every time a toddler comes in the bookstore listen to find out yeah check it out we'll still be here (laughs) i hope until next time see you later horse girls Get stick-